A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Mandalorian has lost the child. Moff Gideon and his dark troopers have taken him. But with the help of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian swears to get the child back from the clutches of the Empire. And we're talking about the last two episodes of Season 2, Mandalorian, Fickner's Watch, Ben Magnet, Brandon McClure, Ryan Iliopoulos, and Sparks Witty. We're talking about chapters 15 and 16, The Believer, and The Rescue. And holy uh, shit, guys! I wanna, I wanna, I wanna say one quick thing before we get into it. Boba Fett's theme is awesome. Yeah, all the new themes are awesome. I, I for for me, like I, I'm I'm searching Spotify still to find the right to find the full Boba Fett theme that he put mm-hmm. up uh, on the soundtrack, and I'm just like, man, I could listen to that one just all day. Even just when yeah. Boba Fett cleans up his armor, it looks good. It looks so good, and again, so he still good. got that. He's got that uh, that dad belly, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Old, uh, yeah. It's like, damn, Boba Fett cleans up good. Yeah. All right, so yeah. let's get into the yeah. first so episode. Yes, the Believer episode 15, which I'm glad they did not spring him. They did not spring uh, Mayfield, aka Bill Burr, which I was really scared yeah. they were going to do. Well, I mean, they did. They, still, it just was less convoluted than it needed to be. It wasn't a, yeah. it wasn't a second rescue. They, they did, though. They went to the planet where he was in prison, and they told a, a droid, hey, uh, spring him. And the droid was like, all right, you're sprung. <laughs> that was it. Well, also, <laughs> wasn't he like, I don't even want to go or something? Well, yeah, he was like, I don't. I'm good. Well, there's a bit when he sees Boba Fett, and he's like, oh, I thought you were the other one. And then Mando comes down and is like, oh, shit. <laughs> I love I, uh, that. Uh, I, I I liked Bill Burr in that in that first episode, uh, despite not loving that episode itself. For sure, um, I think he rules in this episode. Yeah. I think he he's a good character, and it and it it goes into a lot of like the, the behind the scenes of of people's thoughts of the Empire and working in the Empire. Um, and we get to see more evil Empire dudes. If get the shit kicked out. If of the prequels were like politicians discussing politics in star wars you yeah. are now getting blue collar yeah. working class yeah. discussing politics in star wars Absolutely. through the mandalorian which has been yeah. hinted out a lot but this episode really drove that home yeah you're actually getting soldiers who have served under like because um it's mayfield right that's bilber's character's name i think so the, sure we're gonna call him let's call him mayfield if i get it wrong sorry or, or we call him bilber or we call him bilber but um because you I see didn't, it, i didn't ask you <laughs> so because bill burr once um, and you were right it's mayfeld yeah, yeah so when mayfeld and amando go into the mess hall to get to get moff Gideon's coordinates he sees an old commanding officer of his he's like ah oh, shit he's probably gonna recognize me and then when you get to that whole thing i want to i want to put a pin there because i want to talk about that in a lot more depth but i oh, want to get i want to get there first we will we'll get to there but I just love how you see how even people who used to be Imperials, because it wasn't like um Versio switch was kind of kind of not the best. Whereas this one's like cool. Um actually no, that may be a bad analogy. Well, let's so let's talk about so let's rewind the episode. Let's talk about um where where we end up on that planet. I forgot the name of the planet. Um they've got a plan. It's not 
nobody boba's like they're gonna recognize me uh card yeah. is they're gonna recognize me like it's gotta be you and so din john's like okay let's then say they face. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but i love that they might recognize his face they're probably definitely gonna recognize his armor they're 100 yeah. gonna recognize his face because millions of them served in the army yeah clones yeah he yeah. looks like a clone oh yeah duh um so <laughs> he's like can't be me. Yeah, they know Boba Fett from Empire Strikes Back, and we're like, no, they know Boba Fett from clones. Because <laughs> there's millions of them served in the military. Well, so Bo-Katan immediately recognizes them in no, the next episode. No, I get episode. you. Yeah, yeah, with <laughs> the voice. Yeah. Actually, I really enjoyed that part about Bo-Katan in the next episode, but... So, Din Djarin... Okay, because when he said... Because my thought process, when Boba Fett says they might recognize my face, I thought, oh, okay, because Boba Fett used to be like the go-to guy from the Imperial. So like, oh, hey, I know Boba Fett. I've come oh, no. that he was a clone. Because I thought, because like the clones were phased out over the 30-some or Yes, but there's clones. still many Imperials who served in the Republic Army. Yeah. And yeah, they, and, and that's why like, because you said like, he says, oh, well, they might recognize my face. That's not the line. He says, let's just say they'll recognize my face. <laughs> uh, it's a confidence. It's a, I know I'm a clone, They'll know. <laughs> like, they probably know of a clone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what? But what we see in this episode is that Din is now willing to be like, okay, look, I'm still wearing a helmet. I'm not showing my face, so that's fine, right? It's yeah. breaking the rules, like a teeny bit, just a teeny bit. It's a white line. And it's that's where Mayfield, 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 right? Mayfield, Mayfield. He says, he says, you know, we all have these things that we cling to until like until it's convenient. Until yep. we get pushed to, we can't anymore. It's kind of right, which is totally right. right. Like you have you have your convictions until you need to break them, uh, and he'll do anything. Yeah, to save right. Because what he says is, so is the rule that you can never take off the helmet, or is the rule that people can never see your face? Which one is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it just whichever suits you? Yeah, kinda. Um, yeah, he's willing just to do whatever. Right? Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more in the next episode. But like it's just pointing yeah. out the hypocrisy of kind of both sides of Mandalore uh, cult, and really kind of speaking about the larger like being so held to those ideologies to begin with. Yeah, um, the Jedi and the Sith are also good representation. Yeah. Of the same thing. Yes. Maybe maybe don't be so fanatical about any type of thing because then you'll just turn you into kind of like a bad person. Maybe. Well, even one of the things that one of the takeaways I got from is because I know we're talking about a fantasy universe, and now this is technically quote unquote real but there's a lot of parallels to stuff that's going on in today's day and age. Whereas you can look at someone who's like hardcore religious, like, Oh no, this is it. It's like, so what is it? Is it this way or this way? Well, yeah. What, what Ben is suggesting is that it's a lot like people uh, quoting the Bible, but ignoring parts of the Bible, you know, like Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So uh, we get in this episode, we get a, a star Wars animation mainstay pirates. (laughs) When, uh, when you can't use Imperials, you use pirates. Yeah. Hey man, space raiders uh, are always here. Yep. Uh, always... I, they, they reminded me of um, uh, Reavers from uh, uh, what's it called Firefly. From Firefly, it's a little bit. Like a very Firefly esque or, or uh, Serenity universe. Like, oh man, these Reavers are coming to get to get they, now, they, boys. They can't. Uh, they can't go too fast. But uh, so so it's like, can we? Can we speed it up? And Mando's like trying. One of the things I really like about this about this fight sequence, and it's such a small thing, uh, the fight sequence of the pirates is such such a small thing is there is a gun throw. Uh, I love a good gun throw. Whenever there's a fight, I'm out of ammo, throw the gun. I love Absolutely. it. Mm-hmm. And, and in this one, they figure out a way, like, I don't know how, but I'm out of ammo. Throw the yeah. gun. 
at Eclipse. Yeah. Uh, this show has done a great thing of, um, of, uh, it's like a very like very blaster focus and then we have some lightsaber but like when we get a good melee brawl oh, just yeah. like, like i'm a big fan and like this show has given us so much of that and i'm right. just, i'm right. always thankful when just we can get rough and tumble and leave like all the technology out of it sure megan megan brought up to what brandon said when we were watching it she's like it ran out of ammo and i'm like <laughs> it doesn't come from nothing yeah. you have to assume like it needs a charge or something like, it is it's, it doesn't come from nothing it is kind of funny though I think the only time you really ever deal with reloads or with like is like the shows because I don't think the movies have ever dealt with anyone no. ever running out of ammo. They've never dealt with anyone running out of ammo. They've definitely dealt with like a blaster jam or that kind of thing. Yes, which you uh, have to assume works in a similar logic of how like a gun jam would work. No, which absolutely. implies the existence of the ammo and everything. It's just like, funny, like yeah. people who aren't super into Star Wars like us, like like they I guess they never consider. Oh yeah, you do have to reload a laser gun. Because, like, honestly, yeah. for 40 years, you really haven't have to show it. Like, you yeah. just think, oh, it's unlimited. But, like, no, well, it's... It's funny, because if you look at the Imperial standard weapons, the E-11s, they have a clip on the side. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. obviously supposed to be, like... And it's all... And even think about it, because when I would play Star Wars video games, I'm like... Because when I would watch the movies, I'm like, do you need to reload laser guns? I don't think you do. Well, in the but video then, games, in the video well, games, you have to wait for oh, it to like cool down or recharge. That's in the recent Battlefront games, but in other games, I want in like other Star Wars games, there's an ammo counter. I want to say yeah, like, Nintendo has an ammo counter, and some weapons in uh, the Battlefront games, you do have a finite amount of ammo. The yeah, the original Battlefront games, like you get ammo canisters from <laughs> a droid. Like, yeah, yeah. You do. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's kind of all fake, doesn't it? I guess right. Know. And I mean, I, uh, just real quick, I think the only reason why the main Battlefront games have you have unlimited ammo uh, for the main weapon is just to minimize the amount that you need to be concerned about ammo packs. That's just something they decide not to deal with. It doesn't mean that those blasters, in the context of the Star Wars universe, don't need ammo. They do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So so they're the only they're the only uh, convoy that made it through. Because, yeah. they had, yeah. because they had, because they had, because they're good at they're, what they do. They're heroes of the empire. But I love seeing that. Like the empire is like, yeah, all right, yeah, you made it, cool. Yeah. You, I was, I was watching. There's like little subtitles when I was watching. It's like glory to the empire. It's like yeah, imperials. It's like yeah, glory to the empire. It's like this feels so weird. Yeah, fascism. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad they made it through alive. But to see imperials, to see all these stormtroopers and sand troopers. Just like cheering and going huzzah, yay! It's like, yeah. dude, I if I'm a, if I had to choose, I'd be on the other side. I'd be blasting all y'all right now. Well, so you, um, that's a bad plan. They have a plan. Yeah, I just because Bill Bill Bars <coughs> Mayfeld, um, he is only doing this for a better view, uh, yeah. which Cara Dune offered him, and I'm like, I when the episode started, I'm like, I find that a really shaky motivating factor but okay like enough that you believe he'll be trustworthy that he's not going to be a problem yeah. that uh that he'd be willing to do it for just that uh <laughs> it's all kind of okay suspect okay yeah. i mean obviously that's not how it turns out at the end yeah. of the episode he gets much more yeah. for doing it the way that he does it but um i i i found that a little like simplistic Sure. Yes. No. I mean, it, I mean, it is. Yeah. Like, it's 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 a suicide squad. Scott. Yeah, suicide yeah. squad thing. Of like, you're gonna get ten years off your life sentence. Like, I mean, am I gonna say no? 
I'm just going to sit here instead of doing nothing. Like I, it's, no, no, like yeah. life sentence reduction would have been different. He's just getting a nicer place to do it. Yes. Like, and that's the thing is like, if she could offer him a discount on service, but she's made clear she can't because this isn't even supposed to I mean, be. We don't know books. how nice it could be like a luxury resort prison. Who knows? Uh, we didn't, we, we see for the yeah, first time in this episode, the interior of Boba Fett's ship, which I thought was kind of cool. We see yeah. the cockpit in Attack of the Clones, but we now see like how it moves inside when it's taking off and like some, like this office space it has and like a cargo area. It's kind of cool. I mean, well, it's the whole squad's hanging out in there at, the, at this point. So like, it's yeah. gotta have more room, right? I guess it's, yeah. it's a, uh, again, like it, the next episode shows how big it is in scale, but I guess I didn't realize how big the ship was. It's a big ship. Well, because I only had I only had, I had the toy of the slave one from Attack of the Clones, and like all you could do is just fit Jango Fett in there, and, like <laughs> do your thing. Uh, I I will say that like I definitely feel like that's a ship where they make it bigger on the inside than it actually it's a TARDIS. <laughs> can be. It's a TARDIS uh, yeah. to yeah. film what they want, but I don't care. Yeah, no, uh, because like, just sizing that ship based off like yes, Attack of the Clones, but also Empire Strikes Back and things like that. I'm like I kind of don't believe that this many people could fit in this kind of space with what's left of the ship implying the way that the ramp works and the cargo and everything. And I'm like, but okay, yeah. sure. It's the hardest. Yeah. It's cool. well, it's, it, what, I, what I did really enjoy is um, when, when we see them like sitting there and as he's taking off, we see the, how the interior of the ship uh, like moves to, to fit the vertical takeoff that the ship can do. I thought that was really neat. That is neat. Uh, yes. Uh, I guess I forgot that. Uh, Cause I was, I was asking like, yeah, does he like, how does he get out of the ship unless the thing doesn't turn? Because mm -hmm. then he's just like this, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to wiggle my way out of here. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. It, it, it gyrates. Uh, yeah, and that's what in Attack of the Clones, Boba Fett, you know, is kind of like sitting like this, and he's got to like, <laughs> and he climbs up a ladder or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's. A, I wonder if we'll ever ever see another. Oh wait, no, in Knights of the Republic, there are a bunch of slave type ships. Uh, we've seen other types of slave ones. They're cool. Yeah, and I'm sure this is not the first time we see we the the last time we see the slave one. Slave 2. It's obviously not the last time. No. <laughs> um, okay. So let's, Infiltration. Let's, so uh, they have to get to the shittiest security system in the world. You have a face, you can get in. Um, I, I, we, we had a long discussion with Megan about this because Megan's like, that's stupid. He has to have like had Imperial credentials at some point or something. I'm like, no, there's no reason for him to. That doesn't make sense. It clearly is just, do you have a face? <laughs> and the thing is like, I, I am I am more on Megan's side because the simple fact of just, I'm having, not against just having a face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just having a face is the dumbest thing on the planet because then the, what kind of security is that? Literally what kind of security is that? So like, I... I, I think that's just lazy. It's just so <laughs> lazy. It could be that um, the Imperials, because what we've seen, Thrawn being the exception, all the Imperials that we know of are like, especially the ones that have high ranking or are in the military, are human. They look like yeah. us. It could be that, say, a Mon Calamari were to try and get in, it would scan that and be like, oh, you're a Mon Calamari. You can't, you can't enter. No, that's so that's so weak to sabotage. Like, I don't think that's a good argument. But they could be imperial. Here's, here's my here's what I think it is. It's not there. This isn't something that they're. This is a low security terminal. This is not something where like they're able to like get access to weaponry or something like that. This is coordinates. Like he's accessing general imperial coordinates, which is something where like even if you could find it out, they don't find it that vital to put like hard protections on. If you were able to get there, 
you'd have to have done a pretty impressive job up to that point as far as their logic is. Yeah. And it's not so much that it's scanning to approve your face. It's scanning your face so that they have a record of who looked at it. Uh, and so it mm. takes the image of your face and stores it in the data system so that mm. they can say who the who the heck did the thing that might have so, known the thing and it'd be oh, like, oh, that guy. Now look, I'm also saying that's stupid. I'm also saying, yes, it should be that it scans a face that it's recognized in the entire Imperial system. But I can also understand that it's way easier with how vast the Empire is to have a system that scans the face when it happens to keep a data log rather than having a backlog of every freaking rotating door Imperial soldier that comes into the Empire. I, yes, you're right. But like, if I walk into any place that I don't work, I have to have some type of card to log in. I am again, <laughs> I am again qualifying yeah. that I think it's stupid. Yeah. But if I were to try to explain it, no, yes, that would be my explanation. And I do think that it is a reasonable explanation to say that if this is a not important, this isn't like me logging into something that can massively affect the workflow. This is me collect checking in on like basic data information. This is like. I have scanned through my security gate yes. to go to work. Yeah. Now I access the computer every employee can access without having to enter anything specific. That's what it's like. And it just takes a track record of who did it because uh, it, there are too many people who die in the Empire and then new people come in the Empire all the time. Sure. And grunt soldiers can access this terminal because they don't make a big deal about regular soldiers accessing it, regular troopers. I just don't think we should have to go through every single hoop you just said to make have all this make sense. That's, no, way, sure. that's way too much. I don't See, I don't. I, I just thought it was to prevent droids from getting to the terminal. But the droids work for the Empire. So like not many. <clears throat> no, but we literally see the next episode of Troll walking down a hallway. Like they used droids. You got the K2SO security droids, BB90. But BB90 is not built for another 30 I know, years. I know, I know. That I BB90 is weak. like 30 years later. Wait, wait. I don't, oh, think a, I don't think it's a weak scene. I think it's a weak. Sorry, plot yeah, point yeah. to make the yeah. scene happen. Whether they could do the same thing with a hand scan and like right. like make you're not a human or That's whatever. The, like. the scene the scene works really well outside of that really ridiculous plot element. It's really just there to cause the tension of having him having to scan and the guy and the guy from Kingsman and so many other things. Uh kind of get up and, and be like, I don't I don't know who I don't know who you are. Talk to me. Yeah. Um, so I think the scene works, and I don't. I, I just think it's it's a stupid security system. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's just like it makes it that uh, oh shit, Mando has to take off a helmet, and then yeah, uh, yeah and like the uh, that's the other thing is that it it is it is also there to be like to 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 reinforce uh, Mayfield Mayfeld's thing of like how far are you willing to go, and it's like as far as I freaking need to take my yeah. helmet off. Let's do this, and I and I and I do appreciate that. I just wish. That that like okay, how committed are you? Could have been you done just in wish a there were way. like a or like a throwaway line that just goes anything. Why like you know you need a face, and it's like yeah, it keeps the backlog of who logs into yeah. the system. The end. Yeah, the end. Yeah, that's it. You explained it. Yeah, great. Uh, Doesn't yeah. matter whose face, but it has to know who you are. You can't exactly, just like, like you can't scan in your head with your helmet. Why do you need a face? Oh, for 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 security. That's all. That's all I needed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it doesn't this doesn't ruin the episode or anything. It's just like. It just seems like an afterthought. Um, Joe Chill shows up in this episode as the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I just saw. Oh, like I was watching. Organism. I was watching Kingsman: The Secret Service, and he's the guy who's got. Hey, Eggsy, is Kingsman worth dying for? He's oh, that God, guy. Joe Chill shows up everywhere. He's great. He's in a lot of shit. He's a really good actor. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's very menacing. Got a great uh, smile. He's a great what? Imperial. God, I don't remember that. 
but him and Kingsman. But I believe you. That's yeah, I don't, in the in the train in the train yeah. when it's the final it's the final mission after they get drugged. Um, oh they, yeah, he's in the movie briefly. Yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, when 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 they're tied up. Oh, when they're tied up. Yeah, that he's in a movie for like sure. ten minutes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I forgot about. It. Yeah, he's super menacing. Um, mm. they have a great a great dialogue uh, uh mayfeld and and this imperial guy um yes maybe, maybe my one of my favorites from the season yes, uh mine too these last two episodes have some extremely good shit involving again like blue collar people dealing with the rebels and the empire um there's something really powerful and bill burr gives like a, a speech that i'm just like damn you are a good actor all right you know, did, just, go ahead the thing about operation cinder which made me lit up battlefront yeah, Shannon. No, came in here first. Yeah, and there it's also in Battlefront. It's also in Battlefront. Well, that was the thing about like so Operation Center. Real quickly, I just need to gab about Operation Center for a second. When oh, it was no, first, I'm going to about Operation Center. When it was first introduced in Star Wars: Shadowed Empire, I was like, "That's cool. It's a comic book thing." And then it was in Battlefront, and I was like, "That's cool. They they introduced a comic book element into Battlefront too. That's really neat." And now it's in Mandalorian. I'm like, "Man, sometimes synergy rules." <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does really roll. I was I mean, really excited when he was like, I defected because of Operation Cinder, essentially. Yeah, yeah, like we killed like a whole bunch of people and I that's not what I signed up for. And I'm yeah. like, damn, you do got some morals. Like you could be a criminal but still be a, a good person. Yeah. No, one of the things I really love is when I get to because I'm obviously I watched the show with Fanny and she looks at me, she's like, What the hell is Operation Cinder? So I'm like, I get to teach now. So I we pause the show. Take out the whiteboard. Oh, Operation Cinder. <laughs> And I explained to her what Operation Cinder was, and she was like, oh, that's actually really cool. I'm like, yeah, so he defected from the Empire because he saw one of the planets he was on, uh, Burning Khan. So did What's-Her-Face from Battlefront 2. Yeah, uh, Ida Versio. Thank you. Right. Yeah, that's why, why I mentioned uh, Ida Versio's uh, switch. is like, hmm, that's actually a bad analogy because they both defected because they saw fellow Imperials. That it's they the same did. thing. Yeah, it, they would. They saw Operation Center glass plants that had um, that had massive populations on them. So, so in in many ways, um, Operation Cinder operates as I'm pretty sure. I didn't look it up. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering it right. The this is the the massacre at My Lin that was uh, massively publicized that leaked out to the press during the Vietnam War, which is the thing that that is. A lot of things have been coming out from Vietnam at that point, and people were getting angry, but it is considered like the straw that broke the camel's back as far as like public American support for being involved in Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. so this is very much like that for Imperials. This is the kind of thing where if you're a part of the Empire, you believe that you're doing the right thing and the rebel rebels are terrorists, so you watch them do this thing and you have to question where is our line, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, which is really cool when it's being utilized that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, of course, you got Palpatine going, Operation Cinder. If I can't rule the galaxy, nobody can. F all y'all. Final order. Well, it was more, it was more, Operation Cinder was his contingency plan to be like, to, to, to make sure that the Imperials would stay in power even after his death. He didn't want anyone to know he died if he died. Right. Which is why he attacks, which is why part of Operation Cinder was the destruction of Naboo, which is his home planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Destroy the records. Um, anyway, that was from, that's a good book. Rucka wrote it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So Bilber uh just sh just shoots that dude right. Just like oh, straight up because he's how <laughs> he's the, what they're working on that facility is that's gonna make Burning Con pale in comparison. And he's mm -hmm. like, now. Nah. So he gives us. I forgot what the line was because I'm still freaking out over what I saw last night. And he just straight blasts the dude. 
just shoots him right there. And then they get into a gunfight with all the Imperials. And he gives um, Mando the helmet back. And he goes, I never saw wait, your wait, face. Wait, ben, Sparks is trying to say something. What did you say, yeah, Sparks? But before he shoots him in the face, um, that, that character really emphasizes the, um, you know, like the excuses that are, yeah. that they'll justify to themselves. You know, uh, had to make a lot of hard choices that day. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you had to make hard, make hard choices. This is very much a person in a seat of privilege mm, looking yeah. down, being like talked to by the person, one of the people whose lives he held in his hands. Yeah. Uh, and you know that he's like a, all for the glory of the empire. And he's like, yeah, like we lost a lot of soldiers. Like, yeah, they all died for but the they, empire. But they all died for the glory of the empire. Yeah. Which well, is what it's, it's kind of, it's kind of what we're seeing now where we have these politicians who are literally holding our lives in their hands and being like, well, you know, you're, you know, we're doing our best. We're, we, we're doing this for you. And it's like, you don't know what it's like to be us. You don't know what we're dealing with. You think you like to pretend that you do, but you don't. None of them are scrap or scrappy nerf herders on Tatooine just trying to do some power converter shit. I don't get it. But as yeah. Ben, as Ben, uh, started to say, uh, Bill Bill Burr hands him the helmet and says, I didn't see her face. Nobody did. Yeah, because they killed him all in the room. No, I, but I like that moment where he's just like, I get it. I didn't see your face. Put the helmet on. Let's do, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that moment a whole lot for him. Keep, you get to keep your thing. Well, because it's because he was criticizing it earlier and he's he's giving him his support. Um, they did a really good job with with his whole character throughout this scene when he almost walks in and sees the guy. I do want to spotlight because we're talking a lot of positives and there's a lot of good in this episode. Um, if you're having a character who is saying, I don't want to go in that room because the dude will see me, do not also explicitly show shots of that character standing within eye view of the character he doesn't want to see him. That is frustratingly stupid. He also kind of glances at him like for a second. Exactly. Yeah. That is frustratingly stupid. He should have gone all the way around the corner. I can buy that Din is still within view of the guy, and I get that you want to make him suspicious to prompt him talking to him when he walks in the room. But don't have a character who's saying actively, I'm not going in there because he'll recognize me. Brand- while also standing within the field of view of him. Brandon, I, I can't have Ben see me. Ben can't see me. <laughs> right. I can't, I can't, I can't allow Ben. It's a to very see simple me. staging thing. And it's it's little things like that where I'm like, this is so like it, and it's not like, oh, it's kind of. He's still 100 percent in his view. Mm-hmm. They're still kind of glancing at each other. I'm like, this is. What? <laughs> Even recognizes him. The room, that would have been less suspicious at this point. With, with how much? Recognizes him too. So it's like, if yeah. he recognizes you, dude, run. Get the frack out of there. And, and, he, and he doesn't. And he doesn't recognize him. No, so because like he's all... just a, he thinks he's very important. Like, yes. Like, you know, oh, he could recognize me because, he, but he, this guy's interacted with billions, billions of people yeah. who he clearly never gave a shit about. Which is, which, which is, he makes obvious. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I don't remember him. Which is, I, I do, li- I do like that part. Cause Me I was, too. I was going to be like, okay, he clearly noticed them. Uh, but it is nice to like, Oh, this like guy means nothing to you. Yeah. Um, because it, the out of order behavior is what's suspicious. Yeah. But he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot out. Uh, so That's they shoot their, they shoot their out. way out. Mm-hmm. Pew, pew, pew. <clears throat> then there's a sky. Really, really good. Uh, loads up the facility, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Really, good. I love, yeah, yeah. That's a really good moment for him. No, it's a I really love good the good action of them going out the window too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just where they like bend down and and shoot the trooper that's uh crawling out the window and just leave his body there to block. <laughs> <laughs> or even when there's like a few troopers that get out and they fall. <sighs> so many. They get shot by uh, uh, Fennec, Fennec and. Uh, yeah, Fennec and Cardi. 
You were about to say something that I also felt, Ben. Saying. Yeah. I know I've been saying it for a while, but there have been so many great chances in the series for Wilhelm screams. Yeah. It's done. It's, it's, it's been retired. Wilhelm is dead. Wilhelm has been retired, unfortunately. This is the, the, this is the episode, the only episode, because I honestly never think about it until I hear it, but uh, this is the only episode where I saw people falling. I was like, man, the Wilhelm scream would have been good there. No, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. There's you one did. specific I went to the the one where they went to the Imperial outpost mm -hmm. uh, with Kara and and um, I do trail fall, like falls or something. And the guy like falls off the thing <laughs> and towards he, the lava, and it's like, well, that should have been. A and he does like a fake Wilhelm. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like the other, the other two troopers just look down and look at each other, and, like, nope. Here's the thing: I would be full on board for them retiring the Wilhelm scream if they replaced it with Tom Cruise's scream from the Mummy. <laughs> I wouldn't be on board with that. I'm not on board. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's a cute and funny joke yeah but no i will i will take a funny edit of it but i can't i can't be having my mando yeah so i'm cruising it you know what the way i feel the wilhelm scream is i know it's been in so many other films it's it's a sound editor's joke to the director i get it but at the same time that's the star wars thing you because a lot of people's first time hearing the wilhelm scream wasn't star wars that's where they got it from I think it even transcends Star Wars. Like it's in so yeah. many other things too. Just like it, it's it's the go-to. It just feels like it's very prominent in Star Wars oh, yeah. because it's, it happens in like almost Every, all of yeah. the movies. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, up to a point. Like um, hell, even time you, when I'm watching a uh, uh, Lord of the Rings Two Towers, when that elf flies over the thing, you hear the Wilhelm scream. It's one of the best parts of the movie. I will say, despite the no Wilhelm, uh, they do do a good job of including old old sound effects and like. Blast them and like what was that? Yeah. Like old yeah, yeah. like I love I love all the stormtrooper talk. Um well, especially how the stormtroopers like, sound under the helmets, they sound like they did back in the in the original. I yeah, I love it. So uh before they're rescued, right? Before they're rescued, the uh, Boba Fett is chased by two TIE fighters. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh that's uh that is yeah, before he comes down and gets them. Yeah. Uh and uh oh oh i know what you're yeah. going with this oh, either gosh. way what happens when he's chasing being chased by those two fi tie fighters i made a noise i didn't think my body was capable of making well yeah i turned uh sonic bomb maybe yeah God, yeah so i bad. i turned i turned to him like the second he was flying i'm like he's using a seismic bomb like yeah, yeah. this is a fan service show you got to do it and then literally as soon as i stopped talking it happened and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> I, I was i was so excited to well, see it again it's like, I just want to hear that sound. Oh, it's so good. I don't watch Attack on Clones many times, but when I do, I always appreciate the scene when uh, Jingo Fett is trying to blow up Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Geonosis, in the Rings of Geonosis. Attack of the Clones is not great. No. However, one of its best things is showing why the Slave One is such a good ship for outmaneuvering other ships. Yes. Uh, and that credit goes to that movie. Yeah. So... I'm happy for that, and I'm glad that they acknowledged uh, it that little tribute moment. True. As a, you know what? As a prequelist, like seeing that moment, I'm like, oh, oh. baby, like oh, literally, legitimately, legitimately. Zara thought it was crazy because what happened was, I was like, yes, <laughs> she thought it was nuts. She was like, I can't watch the show with you anymore. I mean, I shared, I shared with you guys like the meme picture. It's like when Boba drops the seismic bomb, and you're like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's a, a it's a third touchdown, as we call it. It is. Yeah. yeah. Now, yes. Even Fanny was excited when he dropped the seismic bomb because, and not only that, it was awesome because it split a Tie Fighter in half. Two. That's yeah. like that's like uh, 
that's it's not on the monumental level, but it's like it's like the cat picking up Mjolnir. You're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> in my vein. <laughs> Give me that Star Wars nerd stuff in my veins. Uh, but Mayfield, Mayfield is able to get away, and I love, I love how stupid he is because it's just like, because it's just like he died. It's like, what? Are you guys serious? Can I? He can't, he can't I'm gonna go. The subtext. I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm okay. I don't even think he's being stupid. I think he's just being like cautious. You're gonna get. You're gonna get in trouble. Are you? You? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Am I getting punked? <laughs> Is this a mean joke? Because yeah. Mando's done mean jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was really nice that they kind of reward his uh, his con- contribution that way. He's just on some random ass backwater pl- outer rim planet, but yeah. you know, better than prison. Better than prison. Better than prison. <laughs> I'm sure now it's get off oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I would almost like it better if he didn't. I would like it better if we revisit him like five years later. He's got a family. And he's just like he's just like <laughs> domesticated on that planet. Has an alien wife. Yeah. He's it's... like, you know what? This place is actually pretty chill. I really like this place. Like a farmer. So the end. The episode ends with Mando uh, sending Moff Gideon the same message that Moff Gideon sent him. Well, not sent, but uh, black shouted into the building in the end of the first season. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you have something I want speech. Mm-hmm. Very exciting leading into the next episode, The Rescue. I'm so glad I, this did not get spoiled for me. I am so happy. I, I, I deliberately watched them the midnight they drop because of uh, because I don't want to get spoiled because I'm addicted to Shinnette and I can't stop it. It's my own fault, but I, you know, that's my own contribution to my own self. Uh, Disney, cra- uh, Disney, Disney Plus crashed at midnight because literally millions of people were trying to watch it at once. That was fun. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I got spoiled. Oh, okay. Indirectly, too. And like, indirectly. It's a, it's I Mark Hamill, for me. Mark Hamill spoiled me. Oh, yeah. his tweet. Yeah. His Instagram oh. post. His Instagram post. And it's like, it sucks because you don't even have to like be on Twitter to, to get to get spoiled because everybody Here's the thing. involved is talking about it. All that happened. This was this was this morning. So and look, I'm not. I didn't watch it the night it came out or yesterday because uh, I was doing finals. So I just like you busy. I was busy. Didn't have time. We wanted to watch it last night, but it was too late. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll we'll wait till today. And like literally 20 minutes before we're going to watch the episode, I checked someone's notification on Instagram uh, that I wanted to read. I go to it. Cool. I hit to go to the main like feed on Instagram. First thing that's up, Mark Hamill. Anything good on TV? And I'm like, cool. (laughs) He did the same thing on Twitter. And then (sighs) Ming-Na Wen was like, I don't know. You tell me, winky face. And I'm like, you guys can't even wait a day for these for fans. It's and, and and like it's whatever. It it's is, fine. Yeah, I'm just I didn't get it because I, I don't saw, care. I saw Mark Hamill's tweet about Did you watch some cool TV today? I'm like, oh, he must be talking about Mandalorian because uh, I don't know why. And then I Here's watched him like, oh, you cheeky son of a bitch. <laughs> Here's the thing. Then, like the moment I saw it, I knew because I knew everyone was talking about some big appearance spoiler. I that much without me going anywhere was seeping into my brain just from like even loosely having to go on the internet to work on my finals. That much was around Uh, big major appearance in the Mandalorian finale. And I'm like, okay. Uh, So seeing Mark Hamill go anything good on TV. I'm like, okay, well, I know, I know the thing. 
Do we want to talk okay. about? Do we want to talk about him now, or do we want to get to the episode and then talk about? God him? no, because it's too it's too tied into the to like what it means for the future of the show. So let's get sure. to him at the end. Okay, so the episode starts with them going to find Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode starts with, with a, a space dog fight, lambda chasing battle. that scientist man, and I love it. Oh. I was playing Quadrons earlier, so I know that those shuttles are called lambda shuttles because I killed a whole bunch of them. Ooh. Fancy Look, man fancy. over here, knowing the words. <laughs> Look at you, um, all the names of the shuttles and stuff. We call this the Fancy Nerd Podcast. Ooh. So Yo, I really man, I got, got cool glasses. So I really like the uh, the Bo-Katan scene uh, because uh, Bo-Katan is like, "You're not a Mandalorian. I've heard your voice thousands of times before." Yeah, hold on, we got we got to talk about the Lambda shuttle. So much good stuff happens there, my guy. Let's talk about it. Yeah, um, the Imperials there have a terrific conversation with. Cara I'm not Dune. with him. I, I'll make a deal. Kill <laughs> Um, there's a terrific my my, my favorite exchange from this episode. Um. Mm-hmm. Was the guy going like, "Oh, I was there when Alderaan got blown up, and I, I was saw on your tier. I was I on the tear. I was on the Death Star, and then Cardoon's like, which one? Which yeah, is hilarious. Like, That's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the line is like, do you know how many millions of people died on those bases? Watching Alderaan die was like a gift, and that is the single best line and, there because uh, it's it's it is so heavy. Because Lily, yeah, you don't think about it. Millions of people died on the Death Stars, and yeah, a lot of them are probably bad people. Problem: some of you, some of them are just engineers, and not a lot of people think about that shit. And I'm like, oh man, that is really heavy. And this guy was there, and he is an asshole, but he also saw millions of people die, and he thinks doing that to another person. He is, saw. Is to be fair, and, and, and to be fair, here's the thing: like, because he has a point. Millions of people were killed in the Death Star, and we treat that as like a wonderfully heroic event because the good guys did it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but. Um, and it's a good point, and he makes it. And uh, I love the way that he goes after her because he recognizes she's from Alderaan. Uh, yeah, I, and, he says, and he says anything like that to wipe out terrorism in the galaxy, believing that Alderaan was just a terrorism planet. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. They attacked Alderaan first. Yeah. That also killed millions of people. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so like, and this isn't saying like, oh, his point is invalid. It's saying that this is really showing they both do it. They both like justify it and say, well, you know, it's the empire. Oh no, it's a bunch of terrorists. Yeah. They kill millions of people, innocent people. And if princess Leia is to be believed at the, in episode four, where she says that Alderaan has no weapons, that they are peaceful, then they attacked a non-aggressive planet. Well, Tarkin even says, Tarkin even says like, we did it to make a statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we we know, yeah. Alderaan's not a, not a threat to us. It's not a terrorist hub. It's we did it because it's a populated planet in the core, and, yeah. and, Organa, and everyone knew Organa was one of the like like supporters of the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they did it to make a statement. They did, they did. But that was very, that was a really good scene between that Imperial and Cara Dune. Because I actually have wondered why she has that little nice shot that, again, oh, like. Just just making an an, uh, an analogy again to like our real world, Alderaan is like going into Iraq and taking out Saddam Hussein and saying, "Look, we we got the people who did 9/11." When everybody knew publicly, like what was being shared was that Hussein had nothing to do with 9/11. We're going after nuclear weapons um, that are there, and uh, and that's what it is. That's what the Empire mm-hmm. did. They said, "These are the terrorists. These are the the bad guys." Boom. Took care of him. Look at that. Look at that clear way and go. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for those of you listening, George Lucas was very clear. The Empire is America. 
Yes. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah, this is it's a, a Vietnam allegory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's good stuff. But yeah, I, just, uh, I thought that, that was just a really juicy scene. And like, yes, even though the Empire is bad, we don't we we don't often get their their fanaticism. <clears throat> um, and again, he's not right. But yes, like there were probably some innocent people who did die. And it is nice to see the rebellion have some of that uh, that casualty as well, which yeah. is what uh, Rogue One did really well, showing that the rebels will do whatever they need to do to win. Right. Yeah. Um, which is aspects I always love a little more it gray is, area. It is. It is like one of the the only times, certainly the only times in live action mm -hmm. media where you get to see. Someone who supported the Empire saying, yeah, killed a bunch of innocent people I knew too. Yeah. Whole bunch of good people dead because of you. Uh, you killed millions. You just didn't care. Yeah. Um, and it does, it does, it, it's good because it supports the reason for like why so many people would still follow the Empire. Mm -hmm. To their logic, terrorists blew up the Death Star twice, yeah. killing a ton of people. Two Pentagons. People. Double Pentagon attack. <clears throat> it's crazy. Yeah. That's a good point. The Pentagon thing. Um, so Bo-Katan's cool. You're right. Now they go to Bo-Katan. Um, uh, she shoots yeah. him right in the face too. It's a good shot. <laughs> I really, uh, I really like that. That's that scene where where uh, Boba fights the the other Mandalorian. I forget her name. Um, Sasha Banks. <laughs> Sasha Sorry. Banks. The Mandalorian yeah. Sasha Banks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a real wrestler, and she does her own stunts. So, like, she's just doing sick, uh, like knee knee takedowns and like a t and a DDTs, like a real wrestling moves. So I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is why you get wrestlers. It's cool. Well, I really I remember exactly why I wanted to bring this up is because I I really like Bo-Katan's prejudice towards what she sees as a clone wearing Mandalorian army uh, armor. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. She doesn't care that, as far as anyone's concerned, he's Jango Fett's son. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. he, she she knows he's a clone so it, she said that's why she says you're not a mandalorian it doesn't matter what the lineage is like you're mm -hmm. not a mandalorian because you came from a petri dish mm -hmm. yeah well that's yeah uh that that <clears throat> there there have been people online who have not watched the shows that think she is more antagonistic than pro than, than a good person mm -hmm. and i see the way that they're portraying her pro portraying her uh people will believe she might be a bad guy but I, but I, I, I know she's not. Well, well, but she's very antagonistic to our, our hero. So I think people are making bad <laughs> assumptions about this character without knowing who she was in the past. And I think that's very interesting because they're they are portraying her in like in a kind of more like, well, uh, mean not mean but like malicious way almost. We do have to recall that she was part of Death Watch with John Favreau's character. That's so, what I was going to bring up. Is that yeah. like she's not? She is from the more militaristic belief systems of Mandalore. Yeah. She, she is not necessarily like automatically a good guy. Mm -hmm. It's just her interests have always aligned more with the people who hate the empire. Yeah. Hate the separatists. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really more what it is. It's not that, Oh, she's altruistic. Um, she has her own particular desires mm -hmm. and plans for Mandalore. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, like um, I don't think she's, so it's not necessarily she's basically an isolationist like she doesn't like that uh mandalore became a uh, uh, pacifist under her sister's rule so that's why she joined pre vizsla john Favre's mm -hmm. character um but it's it, during the time of the of the empire she hated the empire more right it is interesting for her to be more prejudiced towards him a clone uh just because of the clone thing than towards uh having no apparent prejudice for din as mm -hmm. part of what she knows as the cult mm -hmm. of, of the watch. 
and being yeah. a foundling. She doesn't have an inherent prejudice for him. In fact, she's welcomed him into the Mandalorian culture, essentially. Mm-hmm. But she does have it towards a clone. Yeah. Um, and that's that's interesting that that like she draws that distinction and line there because in many ways you could argue that Boba is a slightly more pure representation of the Mandalore that I think Bo-Katan cares about uh, than Din is. Um, And and Jango fought apparently in the civil war. And to her credit, Bo-Katan says he's got good, good fighting spirit. And if more people had been like him, they wouldn't have lost the planet. So like she respects him for being a good fighter, at least uh, in that moment. But yeah, it it is interesting that she comes out of the gate with that kind of, that kind of hate for I mean, uh, I can imagine, like you said, Brandon, like that, that clone, the clone voice thing. I can imagine how jarring that must be for her. You know, like maybe to not to hear a clone's voice for <clears throat> a decade, a decade at this point, maybe longer. And I'm like, oh yeah, that would be pretty weird to see like your people's like culture on a clone. Like, so I can imagine why that would piss her off so much. Yeah. She probably didn't know Jango Fett that well, but she knew yeah. Rex and Cody and Fives and like she knew all these clones, hundreds, millions of clones. They, they yeah. heard the same voice come out of and then all of a sudden hearing that voice coming out of her armor. Yeah. That must, that must be tough. Yeah. 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 That must, and I can only assume that after Order 66 that and once the Empire, when the, the Republic became the Empire, all those clones just pointed their blasters at her and the rest of yeah. the world. So. It's the it's the joke that that uh, that uh, Chris, my, uh, my manager at to Comics, said. It's like the reason why the Empire was able to take over so quickly has been when all when the Empire was when Palpatine was like, "We're now the Empire." Everyone's like, "I don't want that." They'll turn around, bunch of Imperial soldiers, all of a sudden here that you welcomed with open arms just a minute yeah. ago. Uh, yeah, you 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 spend years in placing a military across the universe, like, and then you're surprised when they all turn against you and like yeah. you can't do anything about it. You open the door, buddy. That's what makes the plan genius. It's like, awesome. hey, we're the Republic. We're here to fight for freedom. Cool. We're the Empire now. You're under our rule. What? No, you could be free. You just have to live under my boot. It's still freedom. Um, right. Okay. So they they hatch a plan to to save Grogu. Grogu. Yeah. Yep, we're, we're going. We're gonna go get Grogu. Yeah, they're gonna use a. They're gonna use the lambda that they stole, the lambda shuttle that they stole, and pretend to be in a dogfight. Like, help! We we're, we need help. We're gonna land in you. We get we get a really cool in the ship scene that's just all about Mando and Bo Katan and uh, also where's the other dude they were traveling with? Uh, did he die? No, I I, I was also curious. I think he I, just laid on the shuttle. But he like he's not like mentioned or referenced all, at all. All the time. Like he just he, <laughs> he stayed on the shuttle when they were in the bar. He stayed on the shuttle when they were making he's like, plans. He, the <laughs> he gets out of the bathroom. Where'd everyone go? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's just, just he's just gone. And I'm like, like yeah. he's there <laughs> when the, like he's there when they mention well, like when I also like how they have the he has a burnt ear after where uh Cardoon shot that one Imperial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, he's like, no, no, this isn't like he's like, I'm done with this. I'm just like, don't don't just murder please don't murder me. Scientist, no, no, no. then you misunderstood. I'm not talking about the scientist. The Mandalorian. The the male Mandalorian that traveled with Bo Katan. Oh yeah. I thought you were talking about the scientist. Uh, never never mind. Forget everything I just said. I don't know what yeah. the fact he is. No, yeah, he he's just not there. Like, I guess he definitely didn't die. I don't have a good memory, but if you guys say he didn't die, maybe he's just like, oops, scheduling Star Wars. <laughs> But you bring up a good point. The scientist also just kind of disappears. 
yeah. from the plot of the narrative. But that that wasn't what I was focusing on. Like after he helps them hatch the plan of what, and he's like, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not telling you any any subterfuge. This is what's going on here. This is they got dark troopers. They're droids. They're really powerful. You gotta watch out for those guys because they will f you up." Oh yeah, and, that's a great, that's a good line. Of uh, uh, yeah, we took out the weakest part of it finally, the human part. Now it's just a droid. I'm like, oh my god. It's like the snake eats the tail. We're just back to droids again. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Um, okay. So the the dog fight's clearly not working. We see Moff Gideon's point of view and he's like, this is not this is not my shuttle. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He he he's suspect immediately. Yeah. Uh, good plan though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I love I love this Star Destroyer's like design where like the ties come from like the middle, like the center. So like the uh, the land the shuttle just comes in and the guy's like don't come in here this is where we exit this is an exit only uh, no don't no no <laughs> uh, and they land and then uh, get that out of the launch field yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and then, then they're... Yeah. Yeah. some good good lot lots of stormtrooper deaths this episode tons a lot of, of a lot of really cool action sequences as they're making their way to the bridge uh, where they think that Moff Gideon is. We got some cool Thunder Sister action. I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, girls get it done this episode. Yeah, oh, yeah uh, and I mean that like actually. I, I I I've been saying that a lot now, but I mean it actually when I say it. Unlike like being it as a joke from the boys. Like yeah, uh, girls get shit done. I don't even like think of it as a joke because I'm like again like despite what Kripke says. Yeah, uh, I, I'm like it works. I, I consider that moment entirely sincere and badass. Yeah, and so girls get it done is like. Yeah, they did. They do. They do. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Banks does a sweet like rocket knee to a stormtrooper's face, and I just think that's always so cool. She just like and hits him in the face. Yeah. Like, I always love it using I, the rockets. Uh, I thought it was funny when Kara is like shooting, and then her gum it, gun instantly jams. It's just like, and she's like, my gun's jammed. And then she's in the elevator, and it's like, son of a moss, whatever. Like their version of son of a bitch, where it's yeah. like, I love it. What was I love Star Wars swears like scruffy looking nerf herder. Thank Eric. Mm-hmm. I love when she uh, her gun jams and she's like, "I'll use my other guns." <laughs> my I, it's like I melee time, bitches. Uh, I really love Fennec. I think she's a great yeah. character. I'm really glad mm-hmm. they brought her back uh, this I love, season. I love all all four of those ladies going and and doing their business. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, but- Mando had one job, and he can't get there fast enough to do it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> He got what he got, he got he closed the door on them. Yeah. Except for yeah. one. Yeah. All but one. Uh and we were sitting I... there uh, when it happened and we were like, why would you put this very important robotic force in an airlock? <laughs> because why, why would you do that? Obviously, we know now it didn't matter, yeah. but you got you gotta think about it. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, it's the same, it's the same question. <laughs> to me, it's the same question. Why do the ATATs walk so slowly? Why aren't they on wheels? Because they're really big. Well, they're like elephants. They, they still can't have to, get over. They still snow have to maneuver. Well, but they're not meant for snow terrain. Um, the 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 idea is that is the imperial hubris of like nothing can stop us. Yeah, I guess. I just think it's, I, it's their most important and powerful device, and it's like 
they put it in we'll the store it in the room that you can immediately in the eject place. it from from the ship. Uh, I just think it's just poor planning. I think it's just, and maybe it's hubris. But, I just think but it's I, also. But I like I accept it when like you know they oh they back. can fly back to the ship from space. Yeah. Because I'm like oh then the only reason that it would be a problem is if whatever invading force that's ejected them also got to the ship and made hyperspeed before they yeah. got there, which if, they if, also could have done, but they didn't do. If the droids didn't come back, I would actually have a problem <laughs> with it, but I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's funny that I'm like. Wow, you guys are dumb. <laughs> yes, if they didn't come back, I'd be like, that was a lot of setup for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. I mean, because uh, when the droids, because when the droids get out of the airlock, I'm like, can't they fly? They, yeah. It's like See, they flew to get Grogu to take him to the ship. So I'm like, putting him in the airlock's not gonna help. They can fly. Yeah, yeah I, I remember a couple episodes back when they stole Grogu and they, you know, they flew out of an airlock. I just assumed that, you know, it's just to deploy them easier. Yeah, probably. That's actually yeah. a good point. I mean, they're yeah. not organic, so you don't need ratios to keep the oxygen in or anything. So, I I think like because obviously our main characters didn't think that they would fly back to the ship either. I think there is a logic of we've never seen anything where like a cybernetic droid that doesn't have <clears throat> the kind of uh, stuff that ships do has been able to propel itself back to a ship in space. Whether mm-hmm. that's because it gets too cold or whatever, I just assume that they also assumed it can't be done. So I do think that's like supposed to be an innovation on the Death Troopers. Yeah, sure. There's a there's a great scene of. Uh, I certainly didn't think when they were ejected into space. Oh, I'll just come back. Yeah, I didn't think that either. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. There's a great scene of like uh of uh, the Thunder Sisters killing some stormtroopers, and then the two Rocket Sisters jump to down while oh, while yeah. troopers come from the back. They're like, oh no, they're 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 surrounded, or whatever. And then the Rocket Sisters come back up and shoot them from behind. I'm like, yeah. That's sick. I love how calling the rocket sisters. I really yeah. the other two. You didn't even know what they Yeah. <laughs> they just like they just like swan dive off the bridge whereas Kara and Fennec are like trying to uh, like cool, we got some stormtroopers down. And they're like, drop your weapons. Ah shit. And then surprise. Pew, 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 pew. I think the uh I think the uh fight with, with Dan and the and the and the dark trooper is really good, especially when he's just banging his face into the wall. <laughs> What a headache he must have! Oh my god! Thank God, best car does not break easy. Oh, but they also said they also one of the things that they mentioned in this episode is that the light is that the dark saber, a lightsaber, can't cut through pure best car. Yeah, which is Din's armor. Yeah, because uh, we, we see I later. I didn't ask you. <laughs> they see. They say. They show later that um, Sasha Banks gets moita just by some laser fire. So it's like okay, they don't have pure best car, which sucks for them. That's um, uh, that wasn't Bo- Sasha Banks. Oh, that was Bo-Katan? That was Bo-Katan, and she doesn't get murdered. Nope. Um, and uh, it was oh, no. yeah, obviously she doesn't get murdered because she she gets up and she's like limping back, and she's like, "Okay, I'm good." <laughs> just pointing her oh, gun. I thought she got. Oh, never mind. Oh, oh well. Uh, I, 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 I know the scene you're talking about because I spent the entire scene after that being like, "Okay, this is cool," but what happened to Bo-Katan? Yeah, I gotcha. She gets shot because it's after Moff Gideon goes back. She gets shot, but she doesn't die. Because luckily yeah. her back car armor still saves her. Because okay, we okay. see her standing up at the end when you know. I who... don't think her armor could withstand a lightsaber. No, but okay. I do think it can withstand blaster fire. Although I do have a question because when we saw Ahsoka fight the um, the magistrate quite a few episodes back, with when the magistrate was using her the pure best car spear, that spear wasn't heating up. I Where thought it was. I couldn't tell. I don't, I don't think fight, it was because I, I, I also noticed that Ben. In this life. fight, when uh, Mando was fighting Moff Gideon, which was a great exchange, by the way. I just love John Carl Esposito as a bad guy. I know he's going to get typecasted forever, but goddamn, I don't care. 
But when they were fighting, you saw the Beskar heat up in the intensity of the Darksaber. So I don't know if that's just a property that the Darksaber has, or they just for the editing team forgot to put in the red the red hot metal from I'd a, have to I'd have to go back and watch the episode. I do recall thinking that it was cool that the, that it that it heat up uh when I watched that episode, but I could be mistaken. I've watched almost all these episodes twice now, and I and I'm pretty sure I'm with you, Ben. Uh, uh, again, I could just, my eyes could just be wrong. Uh, yeah. But when it when it was red here, I was like, oh, that's interesting, and I didn't mm-hmm. even think about the fight previously. Um, but I don't remember any any previous. Hotness. I mean, just I don't know much about the dark saber. I haven't. I don't know if that it's if just that a black bladed lightsaber. Black lightsaber. It just yeah. looks different. Yeah. yeah, it just looks different. So I don't know if maybe it's I, I don't know, but it does look so cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good fight, good exchange. That poor baby. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do really like that moment within there, and he's just like, I don't care what happens to the dark saber. I just want the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, so, Wait, I have to ex- ex- expose some things about this. Hold I on. I really like uh, what Giancarlo Esposito's character tells us, what Moff Gideon tells us with everything he does in that scene, because it's all you know. Assume I know everything. I've already mm-hmm. got what I want. I've got the blood. Take the kid. I keep the dark saber. Assume I've got everything. And he's like, he makes that deal, uh, still planning to, and you'd think he would have done it better um, to try and cut up Mando. Cause like, if I were going to try and cut him in the back after I'd cut a deal like that, I'd go for like that area under his helmet. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go straight for the middle of his pure. I also wouldn't go, ah, do it. Like, maybe like sneak up behind him and then turn it on. Like, yeah, like not sneak. Like when Kyle Ren used the lightsaber to punch a hole in that dude's in the Praetorian Guard's face at the end of the, at that scene, where she's like, um, "Let me just zap." Okay, he did. I noticed something, and I could be completely off base, but I think Moff Gideon was trained by Vader. In his uh, the lightsaber fight, his fighting style seemed a lot like Vader from Return of the Jedi. Uh, I could I, be yeah. off base. I cannot confirm or deny. Uh, I can neither confirm or my deny, but I do see some similarities with Vader's. No, no that's not. I'm not right. asking you guys to confirm. I know it's not. It's, we haven't seen it happen, but I'm just saying. I uh, think it'd be. I think it's there in his fighting would style. Vader, would Vader train someone that's not force sensitive? If Palpatine told me to. I don't think this is a Star Killer situation. Well, I mean, or. or it could be that Mom Gideon was such a fan of Vader that he just watched recordings of Vader's fights. Like Master? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, he he has an idealization because Moff Gideon's armor is designed to be Vader reminiscent. Yeah. Uh, like, and also, when we get to later, he knows that's Luke. Like, he knows that's Luke. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. afraid because he knows that's Luke. He knows that's the person who killed Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um. So I do think he has like a level of Vader isolation where uh, idolization where either one of you are correct. He could have been trained or he could just have paid a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause he clearly idolized the figure. Um, before we get to Luke, we should talk about the fact that uh, Din does win the dark saber from, from Gideon mm-hmm. and yeah, decides they, to hand it to Bo-Katan. Yeah. Uh, I, again, like uh, just so, um, they got the blood, so they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do. Two, and uh, the way that he words it, yeah, does make it sound like it is Palpatine for Palpatine, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so to, re- to restore order to, to the restore Empire. order to the Empire, yeah, bring uh, Daddy back alive, which is fine. Good, 
cool yeah. plan. Um, yep. You know, it, that exists. So yeah, build to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, he wins the fight and he gets, he gets the dark saber. Uh, and he's impressed that he's not going to be killed, but I think he had some amount of assumption about that already. This is very much like, I love the way he plays through this scene into the next with a, at every angle he thought he'd won because he was like, I'll, I'll win him in the deal. I'll win him in the betrayal. I'll win him in the death troopers coming aboard. I'll win him because, uh, because they're not going to want to kill me right away. Either way, any outcome of this, I win. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What logic. And then, yeah, Luke, his, his, and then Luke his, ruins yeah. that. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, like his task is done. Yeah. Like his, like whatever happens to him. His, like his very comfortable overconfidence yeah. Uh, yeah. about the whole time where he's like, either way, I've won this exchange in every possible avenue except the one he couldn't see coming. Yeah. Also, uh, I like, I, before we get to Luke, I want to say I like how when Din is trying to hand the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. That's what I want to talk about, yes. And Bo-Katan is like, I, I can't take it. And then... uh. And then Moff Gideon essentially explains, like, you have to win in combat. He's like, so, I, he's, so he's trying to get this over with. And Bogdan's like, shit. So here's the thing about that. So real quickly, I love the line. I yield. Just take it. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that line a whole lot. Um, the idea that you have to win the Darksaber is, in fact, how it how Maul got, involved, got it. But it's not how Bogdan got it. Bogdan got it because Sabine literally gave it to her. So... I watched the clip earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if it's different if it is like the acknowledged leader handing it over and the all of the clans that are there saying, yeah, do it. And that's why Bo-Katan could accept it then because mm-hmm. she was reluctant at first even to take it at that moment. Sure. Uh, I wonder if it's because of the clan support and it coming from acknowledged leader that it becomes acceptable. And that's like the only exception. Mm-hmm. Isn't Mandalorian the accepted leader then? Because he has a dark saber, so she. But she doesn't have the clans. Is my point? Mm-hmm. Is like like she didn't have representatives from the other clans. I, this is another... like that moment did. Yeah. Now, I mean, like that being said, this is also just like what Bill Barr was doing in the other episode, where it's challenging how much, how long do you believe your beliefs up to what point, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, it is a criticism of how we know Din has had his his cultist beliefs, Bo-Katan has hers too. And these are them. And this is where one is coming up and what is she going to do about it? Um, I do think because this is Filoni still involved that Bo-Katan having reluctance until the clan leaders told her to take it is the key differing factor here. Um, That was a choice that was enforced by a lot of people who believe in her, who she believes in who said, you should be the person to do this. You should be the leader, uh, which is different from uh, this dude being like, eh. yeah, no, mm-hmm. it, it, that's, that's true. I, I guess just for me, it's a situation where, with that stupid face scan thing. Just give me one line where it's like, you know, like I, like the last way I, I took it, it's not going to be that way. I'm going to earn it this time. For sure. It's just something. Cause like, again, we have, a, we have an established thing of how she got it last time. And if you're not going to do that, you have to tell me why you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not, it doesn't break the episode or anything, but it's just like Dave Filoni worked on that show. He should know, like he should know that. And I would, and I, I, it's just like a line could fix this very sure. easily. Sure, I would make the argument that it's less him like feeling like he's creating a continuity problem with not acknowledging the end of Rebels, and more him trying to resolve continuity by trying to rework the Dark Saber's history that had been known prior to that moment. Anyway, yeah. um, 
And yeah. like, we did know that, like, if you watch Clone Wars, you knew that that was how the Darksaber worked. You knew that that was part of how, how people got it. Yeah. So when you watch the moment in Rebels, it would be the same problem. You'd be criticizing it just the same. So, I, so I do think like the same That's logic true. would apply. That's fair. Yeah. So we accept, and then we can accept why we have to have a discussion about it in this matter. No, it's it, true. It could also be, it could also be like, you know, it's what Moff Gideon said. It's, it's about the story. Like the story, yeah. Bo-Katan getting the Darksaber in the first place was that she united Mandalore through the Darksaber. Mandalore was right. a united front thanks to her and the Darksaber. Now it's just some dude some, gave it to me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. It's, you got you got it's gotta be worth the, the I didn't the I didn't quest I didn't quest back and conquer Moff Gideon who stole it some and get it back. Guy gave it to me, yeah. 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 Um, that's that's I'll, I'll accept that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So a lone X Wing shows up. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like the the more important thing is just about that as a final note. I think the more important thing that the that the show does execute really well with it, regardless of like its presence of continuity, is it is a criticism of Mandalorian cult from both sides. It, we have done mm-hmm. the stuff criticizing what Ma- what Din Djarin believes. Now we are criticizing the stuff Bo-Katan believes as well. It is very much a question of you know in that same moment if she wanted to, if if Luke hadn't shown up and that kind of stuff, that she could have gone, wow, you just take off your helmet. It's the same logic yeah, that yeah. she could apply to him. Like, this is why it's important, that kind of thing. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out later. True, 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 true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lone uh, X-Wing shows up. Yeah. Right. And if I didn't know already, I would have known now. <laughs> I, um, when I saw the, when I saw the X-Wing, I didn't immediately think about it, but as it docked, I turned to Zara and I go, uh, shit. Uh, shit. Oh, yeah. shit. When that like, long- when they when uh Car said, Oh, one X Wing, we're saying I'm like, who do I know has one X Wing? Well I turned I literally turned sarcastic. <laughs> I turned to Zara and I was just like I was like, who what you know, Grogu called the Jedi. What Jedi do we know flies around in an X Wing? And she's like, Who? I go, Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, because all the Mace Windu. All the Death Troopers have a uh, God. Could you imagine? It's <laughs> just like you see when the lightsaber is in color, not on the view screens, but you see it in color. It's purple, and you go, "Wait, wait!" Listen, I knew. I listen. I knew. I knew. At this point, I knew it was Luke. But when we had like the like the security camera footage, I'm like, it could be purple. It could be purple. <laughs> I know that would have been something, and then yeah. like had it been, I would have like lost my mind. I would have yeah. been like, "That's in- that's incredible." I don't even care. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. So when it was, so when we were just looking at the view screens, we saw the one Jedi. Danny thought it was Ahsoka. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, like, is it Ahsoka? I'm like, it can't be Ahsoka. She's like, "What do you mean?" It's like Ahsoka uses two. He's only using one, and she doesn't fly around in an X-wing. Who do you think? Right, Ahsoka never had anything to do directly yeah. with the rebellion like that. So. I, once you see the glove, you you know. <clears throat> you once, know. Once I saw the green lightsaber, I had to reel myself in because I almost screamed. Or and I was also I was watching this at like two o'clock in the morning, so my roommate was asleep. I didn't want to wake him up, and I was like, ah, "It's long. I have always felt, even from the beginning. The, the first season, I always felt that Luke Skywalker's involvement in the show was inevitable. And the only thing stopping his his involvement in the show would be Lucasfilm being like, no, no, no he's a movie character. We can't have him in the TV show. Which is yeah. my only reason why I ever, which is the only reason why I ever questioned that he would ever show up on the show. Same, but yeah. ever since we saw Grogu, I knew that he had to be involved in some way, shape, or form. Mm. I didn't. Because I didn't want it. Uh, well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when we get to when we get to Mandalorian, when we, when we see Grogu, and we know that Grogu can use the Force, the thing about it was there is 
only there are technically only two people who are who are quote unquote Jedi after Return of the Jedi. If you're not willing to end Ezra's story yet, or if you're not willing to tell us uh, if Cal Kestis is alive or not after the events of Jedi Fallen Order sequel, or any other character that they've created, or anyone. So, or <laughs> but Luke, knowing that Luke rebuilds the Jedi Order. And seeing that Grogu is force sensitive and being like, we need to take him to his people. To me, that always meant it had to be, it had to end up with Luke. I didn't think we'd see him in season two. Yeah. But I think I, but I always assumed that Luke would show up eventually in some way. I, okay. I want to, cause there's a lot uh, here. I want to talk about just what we see first. And then let's talk about how we feel about what it means. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, So let's just talk through what happens in the episode, which is that Luke shows up and he starts taking out the Death Troopers, which I think is cool. I think also some of it is drawn out really, really long, too long. Uh, Certain shots, not necessarily of like the actual action, but of like the, there's too many cuts to like them like, yeah, and the elevator and waiting. I'm like, I get it. It's Luke. It's a big deal. Yeah. I understand, but you don't need to cut to. Yeah, like every single person getting an individual shot three times of waiting mm-hmm. for him to show up. I'm like, I, I, I get what we're doing. Move it along. My, uh, my favorite part of this, um, uh, of the sequel to the Rogue One Vader scene, um, is the music. Um, the music is, is, is insanely beautiful. And it's like, it's like a, it's like a mix that I've never heard before. Um, it's, it's so strong. Uh, and I, I, I was moved more by the music because like, I know it was Luke and I'm like, man, this music is working for me so hard. That's what Star Wars does so well is is that, that beautiful John Williams, not John Williams uh, score. Um, it was really effective. It's a really good action scene. Uh, yeah. It is live. You agree? Some like no, I get it. It's Luke. I get his it. His action <laughs> is not the problem. Yeah. It's all the it's all the other ancillary shots that are drawing the scene out that are too much for me. I, yeah, yeah, want, I want to go back and watch that scene just so I can try and listen to music because I was just too hyped up of seeing Luke Skywalker, green lightsaber and all, just wrecking fools in a Star Wars show that's set after Return of the Jedi. Because yes. I thought I was never going to see Luke Skywalker again because, like Brand said earlier, he's a movie character. I thought they would only give a pass to Boba Fett because Boba Fett wasn't that much of a deal. He wasn't a driving force in the films or yeah. as much of a driving force in the films. Whereas Luke Skywalker – Luke is the guy. He is one of three people in those films that are the dudes or dudettes or whatever you so want to call The reason I thought we wouldn't see Luke in the show is more not because he's a movie character but because Mark Hamill's old. And because uh, I didn't think that they, as much as I thought that would probably be fine if you wanted to make him like a full character is to recast him with Sebastian Stan, who does look a lot like a young Mark Hamill. And you like do some work to make him look more like him. I'd be like, that's fine with me. I don't care. Um, oh, I'm 100% on board with recasting Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Right. But, I, but I didn't think they would ever be okay with it. So, and I'm like, Mark Hamill's really old and that'd be a lot to like do to make him look young, obviously. 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 Um, so I didn't think that that's the reason I never thought it would happen. Um, but here we are and it did. And he shows up and he pulls off that hood and he looks all right. Most of the time. Um, so he, uh, Ryan, I saw your, 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 your message to the downright annoyed group where you said Tron legacy from 10 years ago. I think you're yeah. giving, I think you're a little too harsh on Tron legacy. Um, <laughs> I've seen a movie recently. That movie looks pretty good. This did I'm not about bridges at the end. That's straight up. I know man. who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm telling awful. you that this looked worse. 
Yeah. Ooh, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> Tron Legacy looks way worse. Yeah, brother. I've seen oh, it yeah. recently. I think it looks. I think it looks bad, but bad for the time. This. What bothered me with this one is that for me, for me, because he was so stiff and looked like he was just pasted there. There was yeah. no. There was no emotion. like emotion, emotion in that face because of the budgetary limitations. I'm assuming. Um, I, I couldn't connect with him in the same way that I couldn't connect with Carrie Fisher in the rise of Skywalker because I don't actually believe that he's there. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm probably going to be the most negative on this, on this part. Um, everything I talked with him a lot about this, all the story stuff, the reason Luke is there, uh, I'm, I'm fine with, I'm cool. Yeah. But the execution of him being there, I think is so kind of bad. I, it was hard for me to be in the moment. And you just mean like him, his presence, his, his presence. Yeah. No, like, yeah. like, like him being return of the Jedi Luke with being stern and more calm. And like, as like a leader, that's not the problem. Like that's Luke. His face didn't move. And the dude, he had no emotion. His eyes were deader than somebody who's been dead for 10 years. Uh, it, it like when he moved, it looked, it looked bad. And it's hard for me when Honestly, this is the most emotional scene in the entire yeah. show. Yeah. It could, I couldn't connect with it. When he moves the very few times, the very rare times that he does, Honestly, it doesn't always feel like his head is attached. There's one specific part where he does like a nod and it just looks like his head goes up and down. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, and I watched it twice because I, I was like, am I being too harsh on it? And I don't think I am. I think for, for what Dizzy has given us before, I think this is one of the worst de-aging things they've, they've ever done. Now, this I could chalk this up to budgetary. And one of my one of my biggest problems yeah. isn't with Luke isn't actually the CGI, even though I am pretty critical on it. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I am for this technology. I think it can only get better. I hope it can only get better. Um, But my issue with this, how stoic Luke was, and I'm thinking because of the budgetary restrictions of de-aging Mark Hamill, not just recasting him, there was no warmth. There was no character coming from Luke. Even stern Luke, even stoic Jedi Luke, has has some warmth to him. There is a, there is a, there is a comfortingness. There's a comfortness to seeing Luke Skywalker um, in this time period that you, that you don't get when you see this version, when he takes Grogu, um, I don't feel anything coming from him. Yeah, he's cold. He did, he's the opposite of warm. Feel a little cold. I, 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 I'm probably gonna watch this episode again, and I might have a better because when I because when I first saw DH Mark Hamill, I was just freaking out because holy shit, it's Mark Hamill, but younger and modulate his voice to sound younger. And oh, they did a good. I think they did a good job with the voice. They did. Do, I I agree with that. Um, I might have to watch go back as. Every time I see an actor de-aged, I just look at it going, I don't know how I feel about that. You know what? I- you know what? I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I don't think anyone's done it better than Michael Douglas in the first Ant-Man movie. Or oh, I was gonna say Sam Jackson and Cat Marvel. Nope, no, I said what I said. I think he's right. I think Mike Michael Douglas looks literally like he's still in the 90s all of a sudden recording a movie today. I like I he would, looks because yeah. he's so much older and clearly like the I would Sam Jackson Kurt has the Russell. benefit has the benefit of not his face hasn't changed that much. Yeah. Michael Douglas's face has changed a yeah. lot and they make him look exactly like you know he what? did. Okay. I'll, I'll concede that point. Um, yeah. I do think Michael Douglas is probably the peak of yeah. this DMG stuff that we've yeah. seen. But going back to what I was trying to say earlier is that I do agree. Cause when Luke was there, you're right. I did not feel any war from Luke. Cause I remember reading, um, was it shattered empire? Well, it's when Luke and Poe's mom go out to get the tree. Shattered empire. Shattered empire. Okay. Like even when Luke is like he's still in his all black, he's in his black hood, but he's like he's still smiling. He's like, 
oh yes, we can do this. The force will guide us. It's like he's just so calm, and this one he's felt a little stern. I'll, I'll chalk it up to either budgetary problems or even just time limit. You know, you don't have a lot of time. In yeah. which case, cut out a couple of those uh, uh, reaction shots. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll I'll say this about it, which is that uh, I don't I don't think anything in what you guys are saying is invalid. Except I do think Tron Legacy work looks worse. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I want to highlight that real quick just because I want to make a point. I think Tron Legacy is super acceptable with its young Jeff Bridges for most of the film, but part of it is because I am aware he is a digital construction in a, in a digital world. Yes. But the opening scene where he's young Jeff Bridges talking to his son looks like utter garbage. It looks so bad because he is digitally plastered onto a real world and how bad he is really stands out. Um, Whereas in the world of Tron, you kind of get away with it better because everything around him looks a little more palatable to him. Clue. Um, clue I think of course, thinking of that scene in particular. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I, anyway, what my point was going to be, I, I don't think anything you guys said was invalid about it. What I will say is that I, I know I'm super forgiving of bad CGI. Um, I will watch The Mummy Returns and still feel all the stakes and everything and look past the shitty CGI of the Scorpion King because I only care about the character and the story stuff that's happening, Absolutely. which is not me saying that you guys don't. I'm just saying I'm exceptionally good uh, at not really letting the CGI get in my way a lot. So I didn't even really look at it when we watched this episode is kind of my point. So I sure. don't have a lot to criticize about it because I wasn't thinking about it. I was trying to think about what Luke was saying and what it meant. And I have only watched this once. So I... I can't really say whether it, all I can say is that most of the time with the exception of like one or two shots where it stood out to me, I felt like Luke was there enough for me to accept what was happening in the scene. And that's really all that mattered to me end of the day. But I also accept Superman in justice league. So that's yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come away feeling that way where like, I don't care that his mouth might look a little funky if you pay too much attention to it. I don't pay that much attention to it. That's still yeah. the best he's been as Superman on screen, in my opinion. This is true. Um, so, so that's where I come from on it. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to to kind of really engage in the CGI. Did it work? Did it? Well, not let me tell you very critically why. Because yeah, like I I am also forgiving of bad CGI. But the point here is it's not it's not like a bunch of random villains in The Mummy Returns or a bad Scorpion King. Uh -huh. It's Luke Skywalker, who this is the most pivotal part of the entire season. Right. And if I'm not connecting with the character, with what he's saying, then how am I supposed to relate to the scene? And I sure. think the visuals are a part of, of the character because they're de-aging Luke. Yeah. And I don't think it works. So it's hard for me to know. I know that's Luke Skywalker, but it's like, it's a robot to me. Like I don't, I don't feel the emotion is there. I'll go a little bit further and add to what Ryan was saying that I'll even I'll even take the CGI out and I'll take away the the fact that his stoicism is because of the CGI. I don't think the dialogue of what he's conveying, I think the dialogue is being is being um delivered stiffly and I and the eyes which convey emotions aren't. So I'm not getting emotion from Luke. He may be there, he may sound like Luke, but I'm not feeling Luke Skywalker there. And even take just taking out the CGI aspect of it, uh, I, I I would I would feel like Luke Skywalker was there if they had recast him, sure. But just watching this, watching that scene, I'm like, okay, I I, I get that I'm hearing Luke, but I'm not feeling Luke. Yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah, feeling that, that, that he's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference yeah. between like Justice League. Like, uh, yeah, I hate the mustache, the the mustaches, and, and but I'm feeling Superman is there. 
I'm not sure. feeling that Luke Skywalker is there. Sure. I think I think the line I think the, I think I only like one line that he said. It's like I will love this child like he is my own or something like. He said something like that. Yeah. But every other line I'm like you I think you could have chose better lines for Luke to say. Like I, everything he's saying is just like it feels like really generic Jedi stuff and I'm like Luke is like hey like uh, my name's Luke and I'm so, I, my name's Luke and I'm here to help this guy. So this is this is kind of the point I was trying to get to which is that I didn't pay much attention to the CGI. I paid attention to what was being said. Sure. And I uh, I wasn't lo- criticizing that as much. So I don't I don't really like the conversation. That's the thing uh, sure. that I wanted. To I don't like I it. don't think I don't think the exchange is good. Yeah. Um yeah. and I don't and I think it has much less to do with like dialogue delivery or like I'm not I'm not saying anything you guys said about I don't like is, both uh, of them baby. is wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying I just didn't like what he had to say. It didn't feel like a conversation that made sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't like uh, the, the way that this whole thing came about, um, how he engaged with, with the, the material that I think it was written bad. I agree. Um, and that's really the only thing that, that bothers me because I don't care about all of the other things that you guys uh, were mentioning yeah. as long as it textually works for me. It textually didn't work for me. And, that's and why, this yeah, isn't yeah. me resistant to the idea of Luke taking Grogu. I'm not. I'm fine with it. Um, it's it's me saying this scene that is supposed to be the live action return of the Return of the Jedi era Skywalker is written kind of bad. Yeah, man. Let me tell you. Um, uh, they, I because like, I look, like I look on for paper, it. like on paper. Yeah, I read it. I'd be like, this doesn't sound good. Yeah. Uh, people who don't like the Last Jedi love this episode because this is the Luke Skywalker that they wanted. The, even though we did get that Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi, people don't understand just because he was skyped in, he was still saving the universe. Um, but they needed him to be physically there. So a lot of people love this episode simply for the fact that they got that Luke, and um, uh, that's great. And I'm happy for you. Um, I now we're at the point where like I, I, I don't know if I am satisfied with where this show is going to go next season, knowing now what it is. May I, may I may I speak on on the last Jedi thing a bit because um, I did see a lot of the discourse of people who like <laughs> the last Jedi uh, uh, saying that this is not what they want from Star Wars and not what they want from Luke. I totally get that. I totally understand a lot of that. Um, I do think there is a, a fanatical uh, a fanatical side to the last Jedi defenders. Um, oh yeah. That that will uh, you know that will uh, criticize everything. Criticize everything exactly. Um, and I and I. I love The Last Jedi. I love The Last Jedi, Luke. Um, it's my favorite Star Wars film, as I've said. This, on, this only reinforced, where I see Luke here, only reinforced what I enjoyed of The Last Jedi, uh, if I'm honest, because I'm seeing Luke cut down some Jedi. Cut down, cut, cut down some Jedi. Like father, <laughs> like son. I'm seeing Luke <laughs> cut down some uh, some Dark droids, uh, some droids, and then takes Grogu from his parental figure. And he's doing exactly what we know he did that led to the fall of the new Jedi Order. What we see him in Last Jedi, he's doing the same mistakes yeah. that the Jedi made. We know he did those. So when well, I right. saw that, I was like, okay, I'm, I see it. I see the through line still. They're still there. I, I think the uh, not having been involved in that discourse at all, um, comparing between Last Jedi and this, yeah. uh, I think that there's a really kind of dumb, sorry, kind of dumb. <laughs> Uh, need for you to see a character do something cool to know they're capable of it. Um, and it's like everyone, like, yes, the Rogue One Darth Vader scene is incredible. 
I always knew Darth Vader could do it. Yeah. I didn't need to see Rogue One to know he could do it. I played the beginning of Force Unleashed. He destroyed the, all of the I, I'm not even. I'm not even going that far. I'm like, just in the original trilogy, yeah. I didn't need to see Vader do that kind of thing to know Vader could do that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't need that. You know, like, it's cool. It's fun. I super enjoy it. It's eye candy. It's great. Mm-hmm. I didn't need it. Same way I didn't need Luke in Last Jedi to do something like what he does here with the Death Troopers because I, I know he can do it. It's not about, like, I don't... I don't need uh, the cool kick-ass action for cool kick-ass action nonsense in Star Wars. It's not what I go there for. That that original trilogy is not built on intensely great visualized action. It's built on Characters. really interesting character and story development and cool creative use of modeling. Yeah, that's what it's built on. Um, and and that is just not what I come to it for. So I think just on the fundamental level of like, I'm so glad we finally got to see Luke do the do the slashy slash in the like modern cool way because yeah. you couldn't use lightsabers like they did back in the original trilogy and i go yeah cool but you know like what's the real heart and weight of that because it's unless the, you can connect the fact that like you know it's luke and i know it's luke but guess what i can't even see his face it's the same people that are like who th- there's this really cool re-edit of the vader obi-wan fight from a new hope where it's oh, all like cool. and it's like and it's super dope but it's like that's yes that is a dope choreographed fight scene but that fight scene is not about a fight. That's not the point of it at whatsoever. Right. Um, and that's just some people just don't just they don't they just choose not to see that or they just don't care that Star Wars can be deeper than bang lightsaber fight. It's the same people who would post that fight between Vader and Obi-Wan, the remix one, and say, There, I fixed it. It's like, no, you didn't. You made it worse. Yeah. yeah. I guess and my I think there is something to be said about liking those types of things. And, and for, for me, I did like the, I do like the, the, the I, I like seeing Luke cut down some droids. That's cool. It, it's a, it's fun don't to watch. Get, don't get, don't um, get me wrong. I like seeing Luke cut down some droids. I even like that fan edit of the Vader Obi-Wan fight. I haven't seen it. Cool. I, I wanted to say, because people are talking about how the new, the, the new Obi-Wan series is going to be a fight between, it was going to have a fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. I still want to see that. I think that's, I think that's a cool story beat. I know where the story can come from because I've seen Return of the Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. And that line, I, I understand where that can come from, but there is also still, importance to the fights like we see with obi-wan and maul and rebels and we see in in and and i think both can exist is what i'm trying to say is both can exist yeah. there and still be uh just as good mm-hmm. yeah. right and, and and my only point in it is to say that like what what you're saying you wanted like what what really bothers me when you're equating last jedi in this is what you're saying is you didn't care who it was you just want to see someone cool do do cool Jedi action that you could say was Luke because that's not Mark Hamill doing the cutting down. You don't see him. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it. You get Mark Hamill doing character stuff with Luke in last Jedi. You clearly don't care about that. If you're equating like, this is the Luke we always wanted. I'm like, cool. You just wanted a guy who could do the cool hacky slashy thing. Yeah. That's fine. Whatever. But let's admit that that's what it was then. Um, and it's not about like, Oh, but th- th- who cares? Who cares? Like, yes, it's cool that Luke can do that thing. I care more about who he is beyond the fact that he can do that cool thing. Yeah, the way that, <clears throat> the way that I saw it is that, like, if you like The Last Jedi or hate The Last Jedi, this was a win-win for fans because right. you got your Luke being a badass, but you also got him being the the Jedi Temple man that that mm-hmm. unfortunately fails later. So, like, if I thought, like, it's a win for everyone. If the I, I I agree with that. If the dialogue worked better though, in that scene between him and Din Djarin, I think that scene. Uh, I think all of that would have been a lot better, but because the dialogue isn't great, the dialogue scene between the two of them, uh, that's what really stunts it for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, cool, I see the I see the Jedi who failed. 
I yeah. see the Jedi who failed, Again, but, now, that, but then I'm like, but then I'm seeing him talk. I'm like, I don't, you, I don't see Luke here. The conversation that he has, it's, it's just so like, it does. It, there's no heart or warmth to it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like Luke. Like to me, it feels like Luke would like bend down and like, hey, little guy, you ready to go on an adventure? Yeah. Something like that. And I'm just like, I'm here. I'm a Jedi. I will love this child. Let's go. And I'm like, that is so boring. That is not Luke. That it is- sounds like his lines were written by a bot. For real. Yes. <laughs> I've said a thousand lines to a robot, and this is what Star Wars sounds like. Yeah. You um, know, you know what? I will say though, this episode did R2D2 better than the entire tr- sequel trilogy. Hey, he could talk to a little baby. He, he's in the uh, that felt like disagree. I, I didn't hard disagree. I thought R2 was cute, but somebody clearly didn't pay attention to what scene I thought was the best in the last <laughs> guy. Uh, I just want to be clear, I'm joking. I don't actually care. Art, it's R2 with uh, Luke when he plays the Leia thing. Oh, that is, yeah. Do their... At the end, yeah. Um, anyway. Hey, I was just happy to see the green lightsaber again. No, I, I am too. The cool slashy slashy stuff as Sparks likes to say it, but that's what's called out. The slashy slashy stuff. It was rad, especially when he used the force to crunch that dark trooper. Cool. And... The, there's a podcast called Steel Wars. Um, yeah. He's a really cool guy watching his reaction to the Luke Skywalker thing. And he's like us. He likes the last Jedi. He doesn't like the rise of Skywalker. I just want to throw that out there. Um, but he was watching the sequence right. and like the tears that he felt that he had, like seeing this moment. Like it was, it was still something, even though he likes what they did with Luke, it's still something that he wanted to see. And it was such yeah. a powerful moment for him. It was really cool to watch his reaction there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I definitely don't get that out of it. And I, and I'm glad that people do. I'm not, a lot of people are like full crying. Like I watched, right. I also watched a couple reactions and I'm like, I, I respect awesome. that. Um, I'm pretty like, I respect that. Like if that's, if that's the jam that you needed, then great. I'm Listen, glad you got it. I'm glad it, you got it. If it was a Saw's Ventress coming to steal the baby, I would have cried. Sure. I would have, I would have like, oh, they floating. Or Windu. <laughs> or Windu. If it had been Windu, I would have, I would have just. One armed crazy Windu. <laughs> Holy crap. I would have lost my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I get it. Like if this is something you've emotionally wanted, I'm glad that this was here to satisfy you. That's kind of the nice thing about these kind of shows. Yeah. What, what I wish is uh, is much what we said. Like you know, like I, I I think back to like when we talked about Tarkin in Rogue One. Like Tarkin's CGI is not great. There's something a little uncanny valley about it. Yeah. Um. But that felt like Tarkin. But the character's the, there. The character is there, yeah. and so I kind of don't give a crap. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and this, uh, I don't even think like it's the. I I agree about like his deliveries, but I think the dialogue is bad. Yeah. Uh. It's it's not the CGI presence that that gets me on this. It's that this just isn't written to. It, there's I think two lines that sound like really sound like they're hitting at something on Luke. And I think both of them are when he's not visually on screen. Yeah. Um, but I mean like where it sounds like Luke and I feel like it's Luke. Uh, and then the rest of it, I just feel like this is generic Jedi. Um, you could have just introduced a new Jedi and they would have sounded the same. This, that, could, have, this could have been Ezra dude, and this would have sounded the same. Imagine um, imagine it is an X-Wing and it's a new, it's a new Jedi we've never met. It's like, I'm here to take you to Luke Skywalker. That I, I don't, I think as much as I like seeing Luke, I, I think that would have been even more powerful because it's like, oh wow, he's actually building the the Jedi Knights again. Like, and this is a new character who is probably going to get for murdered sure. later, uh, for sure. But that like, would have been that would have been a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the post credit scene. Uh, hold on, I I don't want to go there yet. Um, uh, I do want to credit that Pedro Pascal. I think does a lot of good work with oh yes, personality oh, of saying goodbye to Grogu. The baby touch. I think all of that works really really well. Yes, he takes his helmet off for him because he he wants it. Uh, I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, I I 
at, at the same time that I criticize what what Luke was doing there, uh, Din's performance was was awesome, both in I'm and sorry. out. Din Din is what almost got me to cry. Yeah, like, uh, for sure, I'm for sure, over a for sure. That's where I felt like, and as you should honestly, when yeah. you're watching that show, like it's it's not the appearance of Luke because let's be honest, like other than Luke showing up, he's not doing anything that that necessarily should should like pull at those heartstrings, but this does. Um, uh, I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, their their goodbye is very very well done. Um, yes. and I do think that like, I do also want to just really quickly talk about uh, just touch on. I thought that everybody's reactions on the build to Luke getting there is really good. Uh, Grogu touching the screen, him kind of sensing him. Uh, Gideon slowly getting really, really scared <laughs> is really well done. Like, uh, like there's like he's like that they stop him from killing himself. So like the droids are about to come in, and like Gideon's got a smile, and then they're like, "There's a single X-wing, X-wing coming." He's like, "Uh," and he's uh. like, and he's like, he, he, at first he's just like, "Uh, that's weird," and then he's. <laughs> view screens of him slashing through the death room and he's like oh oh no <laughs> and then uh Pan's other friend the other the other mandalorian who whose name we don't know is like a jedi he goes oh no yeah glad gideon because we were speculating if if do you think gideon would die or not i'm glad he's alive uh, me too we can get more imperial stuff next season yeah when he was All about right. to put the blaster under his chin i'm like please don't let him kill himself and they did not you don't deserve to um, this day. yeah and so and so grogu's gone we're, we're Definitely gonna talk about it in a second, but um, Grogan. But Brandon wants to talk about that post credits scene. Uh, the the thing that that made me more excited than anything else in the whole show was the fact that Boba Fett killed Ben uh, Fortuna and then took a seat. Who got <laughs> my favorite thing fat. is that Ben Fortuna somehow survived yeah. and got fat. His tentacles are all fat. <laughs> he looked like Jabba a little bit too. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I was never looking forward to the post. I would. I didn't even know there was a post credits thing. Fanny and I were just talking about what we just saw, and then I was like, "Oh man, they don't have the um the the concept art on this episode. Yeah. This is the one episode that I know of that doesn't have concept art." But then, of course, we get to job. I was like, "Is that Jabba's palace?" But he oh, did. I, I knew it. I mean, I saw that. Oh, the twin sons. Oh, Jabba's palace. Oh yeah. I was like, "Where are we going to Jabba's palace?" He did. Leia choked him out, and then we see Bib Fortuna. I was like, "Oh." It's just- <laughs> It's just I never thought in a million years that I would be excited at the prospect of gangster Boba Fett. I'm for it. I'm so then, into that. And then Fennec just like takes a drink, sits on a, sits on the side of the chair. It, Hell it yeah! Feel, it feel it's it feels like a comic book like page where like you turn. It's like next time on Boba Fett, and I'm yeah. like it's such a clear like only this would only happen in a movie the way that this yeah. is, this is happening. I'm like yeah, it's, that's funny though. Um. Yeah, I thought he wanted to be a simple man in the galaxy, but now I guess he's a gangster, so that's cool. And I'm I wonder if exploration that that's what he always wanted yeah. was to to be one of the gang crime lords. That's cool. More gangster stuff. Um, so before we talk about Grogu leaving, what that means, how we feel, um, Ryan, I think, is correct. And the Book of Boba Fett is season three of Mandalorian. Yeah. And we will not be following Din in season three. I... Um... I'm not willing to make any statement pro or against that. Um, Cause honestly, as I see it, it could go either way and they're not going to tell us uh, at least until next week or even, at, even next month. They're not going to tell us for a while what is actually going to happen. So just, I'm willing I, to sit on that and wait. I just imagine because we just had that investor meeting, they would, I'm sure they would have said, Hey, we got another season of Mando or something. Uh, and then we got in exactly one year from now, we're getting a Boba Fett show and, 
unless they're filming two seasons of Mandalorian at once. Uh, that's uh, I think this is the next season. It's like Mandalorian colon the book of Boba Fett. I can see what you're calling this new arc, the book that you can call this new arc, the book of Boba Fett. At the same time, I feel there was enough setup between Bo-Katan and Din and him taking the helmet off, what that means for him and the watch, what that means for him holding the Darksaber, that you could still have a Mandalorian Season 3 about Din and have Booger Boba Fett be the side project. Now, now, don't misunderstand because, like, I, I have to say, I think he brought this up and other people are saying it online too. I think the logic actually makes a ton of sense that it's probably true. The Mandalorian will be an anthology show about different Mandalorian related characters, which means that next season might be about Boba, but the season after will probably return to Bo-Katan and by association Din. And then converge uh, on that event. And all that, and all that kind of stuff. Um, that actually kind of makes so much sense. I have to feel like it's probably the case because I can't imagine why, they wouldn't have announced a Boba Fett series on its own. Okay. Um, Think of so how many shows they announced. The like, way they're not going to also do a Mandalorian when they just that, announced a Boba Fett, I think. That and also the way that they do not only the the ending with Grogu leaving, but also the fact that the post credits is placed in the way that it is makes it feel like this That's, is the tease for the next part of the show. This is not the tease for a new spinoff series. So okay. yeah. we, we, we heard rumblings uh, before the investor meeting that there was a Boba Fett show being cast. Uh, and would film before Mandalorian season three. That's what we heard. And I'm not saying, and we, we speculated on this show that they could be one of the same. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we said that they could be the same thing and it's just people getting the wires, but uh, crisscrossed. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm directly in the middle. I think it could go either way. I think there, there is a significant evidence to support that a season three will be about Din, uh, the dark saver book tan, uh, because I don't think that the show doesn't end with Grogu and Din, riding off into the sunset in some way. Um, but I could also see that the next season is just the book of Boba Fett. Like I, I am completely uh, like 50, 50 split down the middle. I cannot go one way or the other. Sparks, I uh, talked a lot about this because like, and it's, and it's gonna, it's gonna come up now because uh, like, talk. so, so uh, by saying like, Oh, the next season is going to be about Boba. It's still not like saying we're not going to see Din ever again or that kind of thing. It's just, I, I can totally see that. <sighs> And maybe to their detriment that this is going to be their Halloween anthology kind of thing that they're trying to do. Uh, season three, Book of Boba Fett is their season of the witch. Um, it is it is a step away from what you knew. Now, I could, the reason I say that's to their detriment is because I'm like, I think a lot of people are going to be mad you did that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, conceptually, in a world where all the other Star Wars shows weren't announced and we just have The Mandalorian, I would not want the next season to just be the book of Boba Fett. Looking at the wider universe that they are building, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of okay. That's, that's probably fine. We got like we, three shows in this era now. From the investor meeting, we do know that The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and the Rangers of the Republic will end together and, be, and kind of culminate in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. An event movie or a show or something. Star like Wars. I said, I think there's ample so, evidence for both for both sides. I just I just hope I'm wrong because I I I don't want my journey with Din to be over right now because like this is something that they can come back on you know like if yeah. they are doing a whole season of Boba then they can come back to Din but like I'm I do not want oh my god Emma I do not want <laughs> uh, I do not want these cast of characters to be gone for a year or longer so I hope I'm wrong but like a year from now and they just announced like ten shows I cannot see them announcing another another season of a show uh it just that's 
I got so much. I mean, it mail. could be it could be that they didn't announce it at the Investors Day meeting because they didn't want the fans to know that they were planning a Boba Fett series. Like I said, I'm just I mean, playing devil's advocate. I'm not. No, I'm not. Of course, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you could still announce Mandalorian season three, and that doesn't tell you what the season's about. Well, we know that Mandalorian season three was announced, and the season four was announced as well. Was it? Yes. It, it wasn't at Investor Day, but it it was. Oh, okay. Um, um, hmm. So, but it, I it makes the only reason I bring it up is speculation, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, if you are about to do a season of the show where you are not following him with Grogu, which is what's about to happen, yeah, uh, then it's probably best to break it up with something else. Um, and so Boba Fett would be the logical thing that you do that with. He could still show up in that to help out Boba. That's possible or whatever. Or maybe he's going to show up in Rangers of the Republic to help out Kara. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure we'll see him again before we would see a fourth season of, Bo of Mandalorian. That probably would circle back to including you. Him. So you you brought up a really good point of, of about... Um... You need you needed this to happen. You needed Grogu to get trained by the Jedi because like you know he's not gonna die at the temple in Rise of Skywalker or whatever, right? right? So you need to get him away from Din so you can have that character growth and stuff. Otherwise, the show would go five seasons and meander of what you do with a baby. Um I I I like I like and don't like that we're getting rid of the baby now. Cause like you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to do the stuff with the Jedi eventually. You have to get to that story point. Um <clears throat> I just don't know. Especially with the execution of, of this final episode, I'm like, I don't know if this is this is where I wanted it to happen. Putting putting aside the execution of like Luke's dialogue kind of thing, yeah, I really like the choice overall. Yeah, it makes because sense. this goes back to what we were talking about when when we knew we were going to meet Ahsoka. I'm like, how do you justify keeping Grogu uh, uh, with the Mandalorian once Ahsoka comes into the picture? They kind of found their way, so they did it. And I'm like, okay, but now that he's called to another Jedi, how do you justify keeping the child with the Mandalorian? And the answer is you can't. Um, hmm. and, and that was the thing, is that like it, anything that wasn't this textually doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, anything that was not soon him being with someone who was going to teach him how to use the Force just didn't work. The only way it would have worked is if Way back when the season started, what we talked about when we talked about the show last year was that the quest changed from find a Jedi to find his species. If that had changed to that, you could have you could have gone on and done that, but that would have been a bold thing that they would have had to wanted to explore. They clearly didn't, so yeah. it becomes Grogu has to end up with a Jedi. Mm -hmm. That's just like otherwise you are becoming a a formulaic show that is just repeating things to force the child to stay with the Mandalorian when he has a mission to get him to a Jedi. And um, now, and now that Grogu is gone, we cannot immediately return back to him because then the journey going with Luke would have been for literally nothing. And why did he go with Luke if he's immediately going to return? So Grogu has to be gone now and time has to pass. Otherwise this last episode again would have been for nothing. Right. Uh, so I'm like, all right, cool. So like if the next season or two, we don't have Grogu, uh, that sucks. I, I I really like Grogu, but again, for story reasons, you have to get rid of him. Right. And they put themselves in that in that in that uh, corner when you casted a baby as your main character. Right. Um. So I'm just at a crossroads. I'm like, I get almost like a last Jedi, or like I I don't hate the decisions. I just don't know if it's what I would have done. Well, um, it's 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 more like the like they they wrote themselves into a corner when they cast a baby that will never not be a baby. Also true. Because <laughs> yeah. Grogu. Grogu won't age to the point where he'll be in the in in Din's lifetime. Maybe he'll be a baby. 
he'll but he'll always be a baby <laughs> as far yeah. as the show goes. Teenager at like three hundred. Like what? Yeah. Like what's going on here? Uh, yeah, they 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 did create that problem for themselves. But um, the thing is, like, whenever Grogu does reappear uh, in Din's life, whenever they decide to do that, however they decide to do that, he can at least be a more actively engaged participant. They can have uh, their own way of communicating with each other a little more because he'll have associated himself with the force more. Mm -hmm. um, he'll be able to use utilize the force a bit more. There is stuff that can uh, make it so he is a more active and engaged part of the show. He, he, he uh, has to by go. doing it. He has to go, but it has Jedi. to be done. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I was pointing out to Ryan where I'm like, I get like like really enjoying him being that character attached to the baby and everything, um, but what I was telling him is that I, I loved watching this episode. I loved everything about them invading the ship and everything. Yeah. And all of it was for the purpose of getting Grogu, but none of it required Grogu's presence on the show to be good. I enjoyed it. So I'm excited and interested to watch what the Mandalorian stuff is about him and Bo-Katan and their two different beliefs about what Mandalore is and all that kind of stuff. I'm happy to watch that get fleshed out mm -hmm. and it can't really get fleshed out with Grogu on the tail. Yeah, it's true. My, I guess my 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 thing was the show when it was announced and when the first season of Problems, like this is a small scale Star Wars thing. You know, this is about you know uh, the Outer Rim and it's a bunch of a bunch of bandits and, and Mandalorians and stuff. So like the bigger, the closer we get to the the Star Wars that we know, the less the less I become interested in it. And I still love it, but it's like when when you start bringing in ahsoka and you start bringing in luke skywalker it's like we really can never escape from the from the uh, the main cast but that's, like we can never escape well but that's kind of why i like this yeah. is because grogu being gone means yes that's yes. exactly what this can be yes boba fett and the mandalorian din Djarin, bo katan all of that can fall back to the outer rim stuff to, yeah. a, to exploring the things we have enjoyed so much about the show we don't need to worry about jedi because we don't have a force sensitive baby we have to think about anymore yeah i guess again that that's a, that's a, a situation where like yeah, I that's, guess that's, they created that problem for themselves by having the force sensitive baby. Yeah, they, that, yeah. When they first, when they first told us about the show and we saw the trailer, it's like, yeah, that's what they told us. But that was all thrown out the window as soon as Grogu comes into the picture. Well, no, I wouldn't say that it was all thrown out the window because we've had episodes where we've talked about, look how this is exploring outer rim politics or look how this is doing as, these things. No, I understand. But as far as I was concerned, the end point was always Luke. The end sure. point was always. That's the thing. Well, I, I know. That's why I was surprised that we we're here so early. I, yeah. I don't know what, and that's why I agree with Sparks. Like we can go back to the the outer rim stuff, but like as far as to, uh, I'm honestly agreeing with these Sparks. As far as Grogu was being involved in the show, that story always had to have a larger implication with the galaxy towards the end of it. Like yeah. it always, it always led all paths led to Luke. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I guess I just wish it didn't. I guess I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it had to lead to Luke. I do think that there were bold and risky choices you could have made to either have him choose, like, by forcing the decision of him being non-force sensitive, uh, which I don't think would have been the right path, but you could have, um, or, or the mission becoming about learning more about his species. You could have gone that route. That route did not require Luke Skywalker to show up at the end. I would have liked um, that route. Honestly, I really wanted that. I would have too. I told Ryan that like the, the truly bold decision I wanted to see is them ultimately having to find uh, his species to learn more about them, to learn about why all of his species are so force sensitive. Uh, uh, th these are the things we were hypothesizing when we talked last year 
about like mm. what if all of them are super force sensitive but they are also a race that believes that they should not be involved in anything close to the jedi or the sith and yoda was actually a radical who abandoned their belief system and they hate him for it that'd be, um, that'd be all dope. of these kind of things that you could explore there i would have loved to have done it the show they decide that's not the route they wanted to go yeah. once you decide away from that then yes this is the way that it has to play out this and i'd rather and i'm glad it went out while it was good i'm glad that it stopped that whole story before it got tedious yeah uh that it just was a solid season grogu's gone we can still focus on these other characters that are interesting we will get back to grogu he'll show up somewhere it's like that this is star wars they have proven that they'll do that at any time it's true we will find out what happened we'll get there i definitely <laughs> don't think he died i definitely don't think he died when the jedi temple was destroyed oh i don't even think he's there i don't even yeah. think he's there i think i i feel that grogu learns a, 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 as much as he can from luke and maybe he does age up. He he's with Luke for a while. Then he does age up, and then he's like, "No, nah, this isn't for me. I want to go back to with Mando." He survived two that. Jedi temples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, I if I were to put a hypothesis on it, I think that Grogu decides that Luke's way is not the the way he the wants way. to look. That not the best way. Yeah. Um. And, so and so he then can seek, he can you you can end up. Grogu, yes, ending up back with Din, but also like associated with Ahsoka. You can end up Grogu back with his. We can still circle back to his race. All these avenues are still possible. Yeah. Um. But but the ultimate choice I would say is that Grogu, for the intents and purposes of his connection to Luke, decides to leave. Uh, because he disagrees or something yeah. with Luke because Luke, because of how these things come out, Luke can't possibly have any knowledge of where Grogu is when the sequel trilogy is occurring. Uh, I I just. I laugh thinking that Grogu is a is a Knights of Ren and he's just hiding his ears in a helmet and it's like I can't use the force and, and I can't got, use a lightsaber. And he got real tall in thirty years. Yeah, yeah. he grew six feet in three years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just obviously he doesn't die. He doesn't die by Kylo Ren. It's just when when you when you bring Luke and he's like I'm the guy who made the Jedi Temple and then it dies after me and I'm like people are gonna think this and it just you're putting that into people's brains and I'm like so we're gonna have to now rescue him from the temple or we're gonna it's have to like. It's just that people people have mistakenly said that uh, in a couple of seasons we're going to see the Jedi. No, it's still twenty years before Kylo Ren destroys the Jedi Temple. Yeah. It's the, it's another thirty until we see Luke on Acto. Yeah, like there's so much time between where we just saw him and what and the events that we know leading to the destruction of the of the Jedi Temple. Yeah, like, you know, I, the Mandalorian is not the show that we need to see all that stuff in either. Yeah, what well, that's why Luke's on is called Acto. 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 Um, so I'm perfectly content with saying goodbye to the baby right now. I really am. Yeah. I, I think that I, I honestly think we were about to head into a season where it was his presence was going to be hurting the show more than helping it. Other than him being cute, I don't think he was going to be helping the, the, the story stay interesting. Um, They're clearly going towards the Mandalorian stuff. Right, yeah. which I is what I want to see, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with this decision. I'm glad they made it early. I'm glad that they made the logical decision to have it be Luke who found him yeah. because I could have seen it not being and then finding some other thing. Um, I still wish that went a little differently, but that's okay. Um, maybe I'll feel better in time. I usually do with star Wars. They beat you in the submission. Uh, I am, this is kind of still like talking about the Disney Investor Day stuff, I guess, but like, I am very 
uncomfortable with the Ahsoka show. And I'll and I'll say that. That is the part that doesn't fit for me. I Rangers wanna... of the Republic and this work for me as ideas, even if this becomes an anthology show or you have a Boba Fett series. I don't care. I'm happy to have more Boba Fett. That is stuff I want to see. That is stuff I want to, to do. Ahsoka in live action it, and connected to all this is not what I want. I want to circle back real quickly to what you were to what you were talking about, and I, I want to I want to hear more about what you have to say about the Ahsoka show. But um, I wanted to say if they wanted to to keep going with Grogu, I do think that the show, uh, look, Lone Wolf and Cub is a story that's been going on for ages. It's a yeah. story as, as old as time. The, the Lone Wolf and Cub trope, um, like you could do, just he's just there. It's not important to the story that he that he is who he is. It's just it's just mandalorian and grogu doing adventures yeah brandon that's what i i when i was talking to him about it, i was like well yes he's force sensitive and like it, it's probably not best for the story to get to just ignore that he's like a force the most force sensitive thing in the planet on the universe right now but couldn't he just be a baby like that mm-hmm. sucks and like but it, again they did this to themselves when it's a show called the mandalorian so like you, you gotta you gotta you can't have your cake and eat it too like you know what I mean like you can make this a big Jedi show but like that's not what we were that's not what the show kind of was promised and again you're right the first episode we got Grogu but it's kitty cats relax even Grogu still being there that first season is still super small scale stuff so I kind of I would have liked if it would have stayed like that um, I like the season I like season two more than season one yeah but. The trajectory of of the stuff that's getting added starting to worry me. I was just saying I was just saying that I don't think there was. Um, if this season had gone a little bit differently, I should I should preface. Um, I don't think we were going to be heading into a series uh, into a season where Grogu's presence would be detrimental to the show. Um, like I think that's what Sparks was implying. It it was, and and the reason is because they made a path that he either had to ch- once once we got to Ahsoka. They made a path of he has to choose to engage with the force or not. And if he, they chose, if they chose not, then they have just killed all the potential future that was important about including him in the show. Yes, it's good for the immediate future of like enjoying Din and him yeah. together, but it also means all that force sensitive shit that that like excited you about the possibility of of the future of Star Wars because we have talked about he is a representation of a Star Wars future past the rise of Skywalker because of his age and his type of species. You just kill that if he chooses not to embrace the force. So that's not an option. Yeah. So if that's not an option then he has to learn how to use the force and as long as that stays the mission then yes, the series was going to get dragged out with all these reasons just that it's forcing for him to keep taking him places and him not learn the force yet. Yeah. It just doesn't like once they made it that choice, that was, that was what had to happen. And yes, I do think like with that being the path that he had to take, yes, I do think it would have become formulaic. I think it would have become repetitive and a little silly. Uh, can you expand a little bit more on what you were saying about Ahsoka? I want to, I want to circle back to where you were. I is mean, it, a lot it of it comes down to like it, it, a lot of it comes down. It's not even the time period. A lot of it just comes down to Ahsoka stuff. Feels like it has to reference Ezra and Thrawn. Yes, and I don't know that I'm really up for watching a live action show of that. There, there's certainly biases of like I don't really want it to be Rosario Dawson. I want it to be Ashley Eckstein. I want to be watching it with the characters that I was watching it with. I want to watch it and have that. That's certainly part of the bias, but it's also that. Ahsoka's uh, Ahsoka's thing clearly is about Thrawn, while 
Rangers of the Republic and Mandalorian feel like they can be about the politics of the New Republic with the Outer Rim, which is something that is interesting. And I'm, it, it is that Ahsoka is happening at the same time. It mm -hmm. is that they have said that Ahsoka is going to be building to a climactic event tied to those other two shows where I'm like, it should just be its own thing. It should, yeah. Whether it's animated or not, that shouldn't be relevant because we're talking about like the people that aren't force sensitive. And I want to focus on that. Uh, and, and that does concern me that like these things are going to have to keep weaving their way back into Ahsoka's story in whatever way. I'd rather that just be its own entity. Sure. I understand. It's like, right. a, it's like if, um, God, I'm trying to think of a really good analogy on this one. It's like if you had Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Dr. Strange Doctor Strange is maybe not the best example. Hold on. You'll get uh, it. And Thor, okay? And they all get three shows, and you're told these are all going to build to one climactic event, and I'm like, one of these things is not like the other. Uh, that's that's what it's like. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, you got to do a lot to make me feel like it's justified for these things to tie into each other. Yeah. Um, it feels like and not and not forced it feels like it, it's three it's three different aspects of this timeline you have the mandalorian stuff you have the jedi stuff and the politics stuff and it's like dude we want to we want to really focus on this timeline and i don't know if but the needs... mandalorian stuff like really does play with at least the politics and yeah. it specifically plays with like a focus on the outer rim yeah and the republic could play with both the outer rim and inner rim yeah. so those things do feel like they inter intertwine with each other ahsoka feels like a whole other thing unless you're going to say thrawn is the problem for the other two as well yeah and then I'm like, that's what but, worries me that like, they're going to have to tie everything together. And then Thrawn will like, Oh, now I guess I'm working for the empire again. I'm like, Oh, please don't do that. Don't do that. You're better than that. Thrawn. Well, we don't yeah. know. If, we don't know where the, all the, the empire, all, all the empire went to the unknown regions where Thrawn was last. So he could, he could have ran the empire. We don't know. And none of, none yeah. of that is a, is a, none of that is like detrimental to the series yeah. or anything. Uh, it just, it, it, it can still be great. I just get a little nervous because of the implication of them needing to be connected to each other. Uh, Ahsoka is the one that makes me feel a little, a little off. And let's go ahead and assume that Boba Fett is going to be its own series. Again, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, whatever it is, and Rangers of the Old Republic. Totally cool. Love it. Think all that's probably going to be really well explored in-depth stuff I really want to do. Ahsoka? Yeah, I want to see the Ahsoka Thrawn stuff play out somewhere. I don't necessarily, <coughs> necessarily want it to have to be something that uh, justifies the other two as well. Yeah. Um, also, uh, so Ahsoka and Luke meet when? How long do you think? There are people. There are people talking about like why? Why do you want Luke and Ahsoka to meet? It's like because well, it's kind of cool to see your favorite characters talk to each other. Yeah, like hey, I knew your dad before he was an asshole. <laughs> it's like you knew uh, my dad. Uh, there's a fan comic that came out. I think yeah, I just saw it. a week ago or so. That was of uh, them meeting, and uh, and her saying you killed you killed Vader, and it's like actually he he uh, killed the Emperor, you know, like I didn't kill the Emperor, uh, Anakin did, and she's like he came back, and she like breaks down crying knowing that he came back, in the last and I'm like that's pretty. I, that's yeah, great. I saw that. I do not think I do not believe for a second uh, that Anakin and that Anakin that Luke and Ahsoka didn't meet in the twenty years that Luke was running a Jedi Temple. I just don't. I think that at some point Ahsoka went to that Jedi Temple. There's absolutely sure. a like X-Men uh uh end credit scene where like Wolverine is like getting recruited by the X-Men, but it's Luke and Ahsoka. And she's like, nah, I want no part of it. <laughs> absolutely. Or, she's just, even if she just want no part of it, just be like, 
I just wanted to see what you were doing. I wanted to see you bringing back the Jedi. I wanted to see what you're doing, and it sucks. Even better is for her to come check it out and her be like, this is dumb. I don't think you're doing this right. And he's like, yeah. what? I'm doing all that. I don't know, man. I don't have faith in it. I've seen this all. Really the Jedi text says. Like, yeah. This all looks familiar. Seen the Clone Wars? The sacred that? Jedi texts. <laughs> Friends of Matthew. All right. Um, that's, that's two hours worth of Mandalorian talk. I think we're good. Two hours for I mean, in a in a sense, it feels like a a chapter of the show is officially over. Yes. Uh, no matter what comes next, in some way, it's over. Uh, many things will be revisited, I'm sure, but it, it required a lot of discussion. Yeah. Um, the babysitting arc of this DBZ Mandalorian saga is there over. There are there are definite threads that they leave open, especially with Belkatan. Who knows? Grogu might get Jonathan Kented. You never know. Um, What's up, Grogu? <laughs> I, I am. I am. I am hey. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, I am curious as to how the story of Bo-Katan plays out going forward. Absolutely, they're Filoni is definitely building to like a live action, yo, retake Mandalore, yeah. whatever. Uh, it's gonna be epic. And All right, so that'll do it. I'm. We're good. Yeah. Right. Star Wars. I like it. I wish I loved it more. I like it a lot. So this is our final episode of the Mandalorian Fake Nerds Watch series. Uh, uh, just one one final note uh, that we we kind of talked our way around. I just wanted to really hit it is uh, it while Luke's execution in the show wasn't great, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker being present justifies not only the show's uh, like it's you know like you you walk that line you don't want it to t- be tied like intrinsically dependent upon the films. Yes. But it is nice to have something where they are very clearly and with the future of all these shows willing to go, look, all of this is part of one unit. Absolutely. This is kind of the appeal of what the MCU shows mean for the future on Disney Plus, but like getting to see it in Star Wars is another thing. Where you get to have that cemented yeah. where it means all of this is just as canon as everything else. We uh, yeah. and you need and like just the way Mandalorian has in its own way justified Clone Wars and Rebels, like you, you can no longer like treat those as just kind of pass passing canon. That is one hundred percent hard canon. You yep. need those things. Um, this has also elevated itself to be right in conversation with the films. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. It's funny. <clears throat> like, uh, we thought the MCU would be the first to integrate TV and movies, but like, yo, we got Luke Skywalker on a TV. That's pretty dope. That's still pretty dope. I mean, well, they would have been first if those shows had come out on time. Oh, you're, you're right. That should have came out in like August or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, all right, so that'll do it. This is our final episode of the Mandalorian Fake Nerds Watch series. Uh, we did it again, guys. Um, okay. Our next Fake Nerds Watch series is probably WandaVision. Most likely. Let's be real. No, let's just cram out like one other show before it comes out. What you guys want? Um, What's on right now? Uh, okay, guys, know. catch up on Star Trek Discovery, and nope. then we'll talk about the episodes. Uh, what's the short? We're just going to do Queen's Gambit. We're going to do the whole Queen's Gambit. Look for the Queen's Gambit. I have entire season special. I have almost started it. I've almost started it like three times in the last two weeks. I'm just like, should I start it? I'm like, Hellstrom was just canceled. Let's do that. I'm going to watch that show eventually. I promise. Yeah. I keep saying that about, uh, about Inhumans too. Um, But I actually, why would you? I'm actually interested though in in, in Hellstrom, not in Inhumans. I need to catch up with Runaways, but that doesn't matter. Um, 
this is, like I said, our next episode, our next Fichtner's Watch will be WandaVision. So stay tuned for that coming in January. Um, this is the Fichtner, the last Fichtner's Watch this is for the year. We are also doing our final episode of the year. Um, Sparks, this coming out tomorrow? Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, if this comes out tomorrow, then stay tuned tonight for our uh, episode on Tenet. Uh, last week, we meant to do Freaky. We didn't. Uh, but our Freaky episode and our The Crudes episode are up uh, right now on this channel as specials. They are also audio crap. Or they, if they will be audio, what? If you're inverted, you've already seen Tenet and you're watching it backwards. Oh. Oh. Um, if you, uh, <laughs> hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, the audio versions of those two review specials are up. Uh, oops. So there you go. Um, until then, you can check out our other stuff on this channel. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Uh, that old shtick. Check out our other Fickner's Watch series if you're hunkering for us some more Fickner's Watch. Uh, we got the we got Swamp Thing, the boys, we got tons of stuff. Um, we also have a Basement Arcade series and a Fickner Book Club series, all of which are done for the year. So check out our back catalogs of those. Um, until next time you see us, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? I'm Ben Magnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. Sparks? I'm just happy to have good Star Wars at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Ryan? DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Until then, subscribe to us on all the things. This is the wrong set setup for this. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time, may the force be this, with you. This is the way. McClunky! He said McClunky! Oh, we did hear McClunky. I heard McClunky. Yeah.